The following podcast is brought to you by Ice Giant and their Pro Siphon Elite Cooler. It's also brought to you by Vite Ramen and their high-protein, delicious ramen products. And it is also brought to you by CDKeyOffer.com that gets you great deals on Windows keys and other products. You can find links in the description and the proper offer codes for all of these sponsors, and we'll talk about them later. But for now, let's just get on with the show. Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and today I am joined by one of those hosts that I am guessing does not need much of an introduction for most people watching this, but please introduce yourself. Hey, hey, uh, Tom, thanks for having me, Gordon Ung, uh, with, or if you like to say Gordon Mung, with uh, PC World. Um, full introductions, I go back, I'm one of the last old timers left. I can't think of too many that are still doing this. I've been doing this since the late 1990s and uh, continuously reviewing hardware ever since then. So I've seen many people come and go and I'm basically an old timer. So I'm a fossil still doing this, which is, uh, it's kind of fun because the perspective is, is, is very different, I think, than some people that are new to this. Well, I mean, you look like one of the youngest fossils I've ever seen. So don't sell yourself short here. Yeah, that's why I shave the head because you don't see all the gray hair. So it's from all the all the late night benchmarking. It does. It will change your hair color. Like you know how the president comes after, like the end of yeah, their first age four like years, twenty like years and four. They've aged for yeah. Benchmarking will do that to you. Uh, and then in, you know, for people who don't know, I go all the way back to you know I started with Boot Magazine, uh, which then turned into Maximum PC Magazine. I spent a long, long time at Maximum PC at uh, First Imagine Media. Then that turned into Future. And I was there for quite a while, left about the mid to, God, when did I leave? I guess the mid 2016, around that 2014 era. And then LinkedIn I went, says 2014, I think. Okay, 2014. I can't remember. That's a problem when you get to my age. Uh, well, that's almost a decade ago already. I know. It's kind of like, oh, I just feels, it feels like I just got here. But uh, the actual funny thing is I was an intern at PC World in 1993 or something like oh. that. And I actually found, because we have all the old issues around, I grabbed one of those issues and it listed me as an intern. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I have it on my desk somewhere. So, yeah, that must have, because it says you became a reporter at Computer World in 1997, right? At least on LinkedIn. Yeah. And you were a intern at where you are now, though, right before that. But before that, you were actually, from what I'm seeing here, a police reporter, right? So yeah. I'm curious, like, what made you start in police reporting and why did you migrate to computer gaming eventually? You know, so again, I was uh, an intern in the early 90s at PC World and they're like, hey, you know, you're great. You're a nerd. We'd like you to come back. But I, at the time, there was a civil unrest, let's say, in the city of San Francisco. And, you know, I went to school to be a newspaper reporter, which is these things I used to print on paper with text mm -hmm. in black and white, and they would distribute them in the morning. Sounds weird. Who don't know. Yeah, it's weird, right? But, uh, and it was like the thought of like being in a cubicle watching, you know, people riot on the street was at the time, because I was much younger, like that just wasn't as exciting as doing daily reporting. So I, I 
decided to get a, a newspaper job as I had intended to. Um, and that was a blast, you know, um, being a, I, most of it was, you know, general assignment or being a cop reporter, which is just, a, just amazing. It's just a cool job to have at a daily newspaper. It was a, you know, small to medium sized daily in the Bay area. And then, uh, I, you know, after a few years of that, you realize, yeah, there's newspaper industry is, is an old industry and the people mm-hmm. who run it still treat you like it's, you know, 1728 or something like that. And they still want to pay you at those same pay rates. I mean, it really, you have, it's what you call a young man's game. You know, you mm-hmm. got to be able to survive on no money to work at a newspaper. And eventually it's like, you know what, this is not that much fun. So then I, I went back to, I, I got my, I had a friend, a bunch of friends who did the same thing. They're like, yeah, okay, we're done. We're done with this. Uh, one of them got a job at computer world and then they got me over there and then, you know, it was not too consumery for me. So then I had a friend who was working at boot and he's like, we got an opening. I went over, that was the online editor mm-hmm. at boot magazine. So it was just, it was a natural fit because, you know, I was always a computer nerd and let me, the good lesson here is for parents. If you're listening to this audio podcast, buy your kid that computer hardware. I know you're like, Oh, this is just a waste of money. I, you know, you should do something else. But my parents bought me a Vic 20 from, uh, Toys R Us. And that's how I got it. He's like, Oh, this is awesome. Right. And you just like that started the whole journey. And you know, you, you buy the hardware for your kids and they get ex- interested in it and you never know what happens. So, yeah. So I guess actually before I get into that kind of more getting into gaming talk, I do have a question here from Sarcastro. I wanted to throw at you. He says, hi, Tom and Gordon. Says well at university, I interned as a crime analyst in Akron, Ohio, and had several event-filled ride-alongs. Gordon, did you do any ride-alongs in working as a police beat reporter? Any crazy stories at all? If you did, uh, I did it a few times. I think probably the only time that sort of stands out was it was it was Concord Police Department and doing a ride-along just is like just for kicks because you got to you have to do it once in a while. And uh, they got into like a foot pursuit or something, and like. And I was like there with them, like we're, we're climbing up on this building. Like, what are, what the hell am I doing here? I have like a, like a, a pen and a flashlight, a little tiny mag, mini mag line. So I was like, I, but you know, it was, that was, that was kind of fun. Most of the excitement is, you know, being a, a police reporter means you get sent to all the crazy things. And that was, that was where the bulk of the, I mean, I, I don't want to say it was exciting because there's a lot of adrenaline going. It, it wasn't boring. It wasn't boring, and it was oftentimes, you know, you had your jobs to go out there, get the facts, talk to people, the kind of stuff, and you're, you have to be into it. I was into it, but as we had a, one of the graphic artists at the newspaper is like, man, you know, when you have a good day, that means somebody else had a really effed up day. It's like, yeah, and it's unfortunate, but, and it really is, it's a hard job because you, you have to sort of put your emotions into a box for it sometimes. And, you know, I, I think people, police officers these days, they don't, they, they don't understand like, gosh, they seem like so jaded and, and, but you know, the things that the average police officer sees every day from humanity, it, it does, it, it does great on you. So you have to be able to, to be able to function as a human being, you got to be able to put that all on box and control it. But there's a reason why people are, you get kind of like, you've seen it all eventually. So. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing, like, it, bear with me here, I'm fi- I'll find a way to connect this to what you said, but like, when I do leaks, when I try to like, do more and more reportery like videos on my YouTube channel, 
I think people sometimes think I, I want to be negative, but I, I've my positive videos with positive products coming out perform far better, get far more subscribers than the negative ones. I don't enjoy telling people something bad's going to happen to a product or to a company ever. Selfishly, it is not as many views. It's just if something's going to happen that I think is going to affect PC gamers and it's negative, I guess I got to tell you, but I would say that's probably a huge difference that you've enjoyed moving from police reporting to gaming is, although there are negative stories and though sometimes you might feel compelled to report on something that might benefit you to report on when one of these companies is having a bad day, it's usually happier. Whereas police stuff, it's almost always involving something bad, right? Yeah, I would agree because I mean, oftentimes you write things and you have to tell the truth. You can't, you know, is that kind of that old joke? Like, oh, you know, everybody's an angel that believe me, every single family member will say that person's an angel. And you go talk <laughs> to neighbors like this guy's like a total dirt bag and whatever. And, you know, you can't call him a dirt bag, but you could definitely say like, well, you know, he's got like, he's, this guy's like a, you know, four timer for these things, you know, there, you have to mm -hmm. mention that story and believe me, the family takes it really personally, but you have to, again, that sort of factors into maybe what happened there. So you got to, you can't simply self edit out because you don't want to hurt any, anybody's feelings. And I, I get you there because you get, you get something explosive and it's, it's bad news. That's, that's really not your problem. It's your job is to tell people what the truth is. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, on this note a little bit, Dino999 writes in, and he says, Hello, Tom and Gordon. To me, this podcast episode feels like a meetup of essentially old-age journalism versus new-age. Gordon being in the tech press industry for essentially his entire life, and what are your thoughts on how things are done now? Do you miss the days of when people would read and write whole articles on products, or are you in favor of the more modern video-style reviews that we see online as Tech Tips, Hardware Unboxed, and Gamers Nexus? I'm curious to see where you acquired your inspiration for the field as well, Tom, and if you can remember who you looked to back in the day from old-age journalism that helped shape the way you approach your channel. Uh, well, you're the guest. You please go first. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's funny, I was just talking with Greg Viederman, who, um, was the hardware editor at PC Gamer and later on the editor in chief. We were talking about like the good old days and it really was like, and he used this phrase like, God, you know, it was like, you just like you were being, it was weird because you were like, and back then really there was a non-tech Tom mm -hmm. was around. There wasn't too many. There was, you know, voodoo and there's, a few I used to read a lot of Tom's hardware. Yeah. And there was sharky and there were like a lot of them were gone, but he's like, you know, for print back then it was a big deal. So that old, the old days of actual literally magazine paper printed out, sent out distribution was, was a big deal for everybody. So, you know, a lot of people like really wanted to get on, on your good side. Um, but as far as like the way it was done back then, I, yeah, it was cool because there was a certain craft. There was a, there was a hard limitation. Like, honestly, when you do a review on the website and you're like, oh, I can write 10,000 words. It's, you think it's freeing, but actually it's really tough to write 800 words than it is to just go on forever. So, um, there, that makes it very difficult. I, <sighs> Do I like the, do I miss the old days? Yeah, because I mean, it was just awesome because it was, it, it was just very special. Magazines were very special. Um, and then also when you think about online, you know, again, Tom's and Anon back then, I think also that has kind of like those days are feeling like it's, they're, 
everybody's under more pressure there, but I still like written reviews in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I will say that selfishly because when I go to Tom's Hardware, I go to one of our own reviews or I go <laughs> Anand is like, it's really easy to go to the end and mm-hmm. read the conclusion, right? We all do this. So like, I'm very selfish about like, oh, I love this. Cause like, it's really hard to watch. You know, Steve cranks out two hours of videos. It's like, I can't really, it's really hard to compress it all into like, a simple conclusion in a lot of ways. So that is harder. I, and as far as like a lot of people, especially a lot of text-based people that are online, you, there's always been this sort of rivalry between, you know, the so-called YouTubers and the people who do, you know, text. Um, some people can get kind of snooty about it because like, oh, we're hmm. doing journalism here. And my feeling is like journalism is just simply <laughs> you talking, me talking, and as long as we're factually correct, that that is what it is, and we're not misleading people. And I, I love, I honestly love what is being done today. Like the, like I think back to the late '90s, and basically the tools to test were basically like rubbing rocks together compared to what everybody does today. And there's just you can get all these different points of view, and it's it's all dynamic. It's all you know on video and I, I love it. You know, again, I'm, I've always been one of those people, like I don't look down on, you know, YouTubers, um, because honestly there are, there's a lot of YouTubers doing it better than frankly, the old world would have ever done it. So I, I don't have any of the whole, Oh, us versus them thing. And I think there's awesome stuff doing being done in, in text as well. But you know, yeah, that those golden days of a magazine coming out once a month was incredibly uh, special, I think. And it's it was a it was a golden era for PC gaming. If you think about the late nineteen nineties, mm-hmm. PC gaming had just been born in a lot of ways. And it was it was getting good. You know, it, was it wasn't really like good. annoying. It was is good. Yeah, and it really was the innovation because back then you're looking at late nineties, like a beige box. And like if you put like <laughs> Two Voodoo Twos, a sound card, and an Ethernet card in there. Like, oh, that was baller Alienware, right? That was like, that was it. Like, that's all he had to do. It could look like the wires hanging out everywhere inside, but that was what was seen as, you know, an incredible gaming computer back there. And then you got to like, let's, and then like, the, I, like Voodoo PC, uh, which, you know, was, is one of the early um, uh, boutique builders. Like, their mm-hmm. whole thing was like, we're going to put a window in the case. And it was incredible. It was like, oh my God, it's so mind blowing. Alien Wars, like, we're going to paint our pace, our, our, our system like green. It was like, oh my, it's like paint on it. I mean, we look back now and like, that's ridiculous. But yeah, that's the same era as like when like Game Boy and Nintendo 64 and a bunch of companies were doing this. Now I think it honestly looks cheap, but at the time it looked so cool. This <laughs> yeah. clear plastic. Whoa, I can see everything inside of the Game Boy. And then every company was doing it with their electronics. Yeah, no, it really, it's just funny to see like that evolution of like to what it is today. Because even like the cheapest POS $65 case is like a joy to build in versus something from back then. And just, we've just gotten so advanced. We're very spoiled, honestly, by what what PC gaming has turned into. Mm -hmm. Quick Jumper writes in and he says, hey, Tom and Gordon, I've got two questions. When you look at AMD, NVIDIA, and Intel, how are they evolving in your eyes? 
To me, it seems that NVIDIA and AMD are slowly bulking up and trying to diversify their portfolio, while Intel is almost doing the opposite, trying to cut fat and focus on the most important parts of its business to stay competitive as those companies get bigger. From my perspective, it seems that all three companies are actually kind of converging into a similar point in terms of financial power and technology. Does that excite you? What does it mean for the market? You want to you take that one or you want me to, to, to talk out of? I mean, if you want me to give my perspective first, what I would say is it means that within five years, none of these companies can fuck around anymore. Like they, they can't, you, you can't you, like, if you do that, if, if, if Intel thinks they can just pinch off a terrible graphics card and it will sell, it won't. If NVIDIA thinks they can try to make some mobile gaming platform and it'll do well, it won't. If AMD thinks they can just shove, which I think they're being much more strategic, even though they have quite a diverse set of products. If AMD thinks they can just shove out some SOC and because it has the graphics and the CPU and it's hard for other people to make those, it'll do well. Not necessarily. Intel's making APUs now too. None of these companies can just, you know, or, or that AMD can just make something with the highest clock speed or the highest teraflops. Doesn't matter. NVIDIA's working so hard to make their software a selling point on its own. It means all these companies can't be lazy about anything they work on anymore. And I think that's a good thing because we talk about divisions, product lines, stuff being canceled now. It seems like a lot is. Maybe. But I mean, what about what happened to the mantle? What happened to FX audio for like the audio stuff from AMD? What happened to I mean, there's all there's all these other initiatives NVIDIA had, AMD had that went nowhere because they didn't need it to. They just wanted a marketing thing on a box. And so I think though some things are going to keep getting canceled and fail, that's always going to happen. I, I think we're going to see a lot of these companies be much, much, much more careful if they want to succeed, at least in what they launch. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree, because you, you can't, you know, you you can't screw around anymore. And then definitely Intel has, this has been a particularly bad patch for them. I mean, of the, the, the three companies, they're the ones that have suffered the most in the eyes of probably consumers and their customers because they were simply unable to deliver. Um, the funny thing is this is not new. This I've seen this pattern before. I mean, from the strictly from a consumer um, uh, perspective, but they, they've done this before, like at least twice that I know of in my own lifetime of covering it, like where like AMD comes out of like AMD, the company that just has always sucked, comes out and just clocks them. And AMD will have the lead for, you know, four cycles, four years, five years. And then, it, you know, Intel comes back. I mean, the first time, though, it feels like it's this typical thing where Intel is, has been so dominant and so big they always get distracted. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think back to like the, you know, the, the late nineties, early two thousands, where it's like, Hey, we're going to do wireless, you know? Oh, we want to, comp- cause remember back then it was like, Oh my God, you got to be Cisco. You need to compete with, cause Cisco's the world, right? That's, they're going to run the world. They got into networking and they just all kinds of these crazy side gigs because they wanted to like, well, they had basically wiped all the competition out because they were just simply that good, you know? And, they're like, you know how it is with any large company. Like, you think your executives are like, hey, yeah, keep giving me money because we need to stay ahead of these competitors. Like, the, that's not how it works at any company because what happens is executives go like, well, you know, you, you got this handled. 
I'm going to give money to drone department. We're going to do smart watches and mm-hmm. just all these kind of things. And yeah, Intel internet this, of things and internet of things. I mean, just like all these kind of like, like, and then they always, I think the CPU division is always one of the things like they do, they really do so well. And then what happens is upstairs. Somebody's like, Oh, we don't have to worry about them. You know, we, we got this handled and like any large company, <laughs> you don't get them. You don't get the resources you need to stay ahead of everybody. And it happens again, right? This again, Zen came out of like, it felt like out of nowhere and just, you know, clocked them again. And this has happened at least twice, right? Athlon 64, the original uh, FX parts. I just like, God, the original Athlon, the K7s. I mean, they were like, how embarrassing was it for AMD to beat Intel to a shipping one gigahertz processor? Just stupid round number, but that was a that was a huge embarrassment to Intel. That was on the front page of that was on the cover of our magazine. It's like one gigahertz, and you got AMD on there. These people, as much as you know, there's definitely you know, there's it's like any large company. They are there's people who don't care. We all work with them. They don't care what they do. And then there's people like don't like to lose, and that was hugely embarrassing to them because it's like this is something they think they should win and. AMD beat them there, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I uh, what you said that we've seen this before with AMD um, hitting Intel. I've heard this from someone at, from from Tech Deals and also Josh Walrath from PC Perspective when he came on. And over time, I've made this argument. I've made it, and I made it again, and I'm making it again. And as time goes on, I think my argument makes more and more sense. I don't think this is like before. I mean, I think you could have said it was like before a few years ago, but I, I'm sorry. Like the Amy kind of botched the dominance they had in the 2000s from my memory. Like right. they were ahead and they're like thousand dollars for CPU. AMD hasn't really done that. They're not charging a thousand dollars for the seven, nine fifty X. Um, and it's cause they know they can't, but I think someone didn't tell them they can't do that 20 years ago or 15 years ago because they did that. And then, AMD Intel just comes out with core two and it's just over. I'm not seeing that right now. It seems like AMD is staying focused far better than they were before. If you look at the market share they took back then too, it wasn't close to where they've got to now. And it seems like they're going to keep taking it. So I, I, I would agree with you a few years ago, but don't you think we're at a point where it seems like, I don't think AMD is backing down. I think they're going to stay in this fight much longer than they did last time. If they don't win it. I mean, I, that's way premature to say, but you know, yeah, I I would agree because in it, I mean, it looks you know you never know because you know Intel has pulled a rabbit out of the hat many many times before, but this was an argument Intel or AMD made to me after Zen came out. The first Zen launched, and they were like, you know, in the past, what would happen is we'd catch up to them, we'd have a few good years. Intel has always been the master of of process fabrication. They would get this huge leap and they would just, again, they would, you know, blow our doors off. And then we could do nothing because we couldn't keep up with them on process and fab. And the argument um, was, and this is from AMD's um, CTO. Mm -hmm. I can't think of his name for some reason right now, unfortunately. Sorry. Um, He was like, uh, they can't do that anymore. Moore's law is slowing down. If not, you know, you're as you, you would, you would say it's dead. I'd say it's been dead for 20 years. I mean, you and you and Jensen agree on that, right? But um, yeah, the, the, we don't the, agree on a lot, but we agree on no, that. No, you agree sure. on that one, though, right? But uh, it's uh, 
AMD was like, they can't run away anymore. They can't just simply like, hey, pull a rabbit or a hat, bam. And mm-hmm. honestly, over the last, and that was that was right after the original Zen came out, and we have not seen Intel pull that rabbit out of the hat yet, right? So they haven't. You never know. I mean, it's it's one of the things you don't you don't un, you don't underestimate Intel. I mean, a lot of people do these days. They burn a lot of the credibility, but you know, maybe Meteor Lake is going to be like, whew, we don't know, right? So, but I at the same time. It has proven to be right. <laughs> AMD traditionally would, you know, this is the time like AMD would like, you know, Intel would say later and then, but they haven't done it yet. So is that Moore's law, you know, the difficulty here getting that, that process working, you know? Well, yeah. And I, from what I know about the Royal Core project, which I guess is going to find its way into Arrow Lake products uh, first, probably, maybe a couple others before that, but probably Arrow Lake first. And then there's also um, another lake I know of right after that. I'm not thinking of Nova Lake for people think listening. There's another one, actually. Like, they've got this pretty cool stuff coming. It's just, when does it come out? Same with Meteor Lake. Meteor Lake came out the beginning of next year. I don't think Intel would have a problem being competitive with Phoenix, if not beating it, at least being competitive, but coming out next to Strix, I'm like, eh, you know, but it, it will be better. We'll, we'll see. Um, let me, let me ask you this. I like to ask all my guests the first time they come on the channel, this question, I was going to ask you about the eras of PC gaming, but I think that we've already kind of talked about that. Like, I feel like we're going to hit a new era in a few years, but the era we're in now, I feel like kind of started with Zen. And I'm just kind of wondering what were your expectations for Zen before it came out? Because I, I can give my own answer again. I've given it before, but I think a lot of people expected everything. A lot of people didn't expect a whole lot. What, what did you expect it to be? Did you expect it to be as successful as it was? Was, was it better than you thought it would be? I, you know, the funny thing is, so, you know, Intel, they just had their Intel innovation event mm-hmm. um, back in 2017. Intel was still doing uh, IDF Intel developer uh, forum. It was a, it was a big PC nerd off. Right. And it was awesome. So they do that in San Francisco and Moscone center and a- AMD had set up across the street um, from Moscone center and like, Hey, we're going to do this, you know, shit, we're going to come by on, you know, after the Intel thing and stop by. And so, I was like, okay, we, sh- we, you know, we show up, um, and they, and you just had James Pryor on. So James Pryor was mm-hmm. running the demo that night and he was showing, you know, they had the, they had a, uh, a blender, uh, a workload and they, I think I, they also ran like Cinebench too. And I remember like, you know, and my expectations, and again, I know there's, there's a lot of AMD super fans that are like, oh my God, you're so wrong, Gordon, on Bulldozer, which, whatever. Those things were dogs. I'm sorry, they were dogs. They just like, accept it. That thing was a dog. There's there's no such thing as bad products, just bad pricing, but the pricing had to be really low for that product to be good. I mean, I agree. Yeah, no, it was like, but you know, you always get the like, oh, but we had more cores. Like, okay, that was underperforming Sandy Bridge. Okay, so they James Pryor is like running the demo and he kicks off like, holy shit, like, this is like a real part, you know? And we just had Broadwell E launch, I think, or Broadwell, mm-hmm. I can't remember, like, it was right it's around Broadwell, the age of Broadwell, yeah. and it was just like, huh, this thing is not a joke, because, I mean, honestly, I mean, I just sort of, you know, AMD had been this sort of sad sack company, like, they'd, you know, they get kicked to the curb by Intel, and they stay there, and 
Zane came out and was like, whoa. And I actually turned to him. I gave him a thumbs up. It's like, whoa. Like, yeah, we're both like, and he did this, this big, you know, shit eating smile because it was like, yeah, this is like, we, we got something good here. And who would have known that Zen would have just really, I would agree with you. Zen really kicked off this age of it. You know, I just, they democratize, democratize cores because, you know, Intel really was like, you know, quad core, quad core, quad core. You want to pay for six or eight. That's our big socket, you know, HEDT. Um, in Intel's defense, though, I will say they tried to push more cores because they like to sell more expensive CPUs. There were no takers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, nobody cared. Developers didn't care because until in- Intel was like, are you going to sell this eight core CPU for 300 or $400? It was like, no, right? So, but once AMD showed up with the original Zen, it was like, holy shit, this is eight cores. This is low price. And then, you know, they just like after that, like then you like, then you did the, you know, the Threadripper and just all these kind of like, they were just giving away cores. Like, I know mm-hmm. when, I mean, just the fact that everybody has it now, it's like, it's actually kind of worthless in a lot of ways, in, in some ways, because we've, we've already sort of surpassed, like, does anybody really need a 7950X or, or 12900K? You know, probably not. I mean, there are people who do, but the average mm-hmm. person does not. And they really, I mean, it's, they really just use that. I really, I agree with you, because we are fundamentally in this thing where like, the value of cores is like just dirt cheap. Everybody has a, you can get an eight core, six core for like nothing these days or more. I mean, look at what we're getting with, uh, out of Intel's hybrid designs, right? So you're just getting more and it's going to be awesome. But yeah, I go back to that. I think about that day and that night it was like, holy shit. You're like, oh my God, this is like not a suck product from AMD. Right. And, and not really only was. that, but it's like moving the the ball forward in a way I didn't think anyone because I thought best case and I don't know if best case, but like what I what I was expecting was that it would be like Sandy Bridge IPC or a little better than that, and then run it like three point five gigahertz, and that'd be cool. It's like hey, if they can give you a Sandy Bridge eight core for five hundred bucks that uses way less energy. Uh, they're competitive again, at least at some things, and they're offering something this market just doesn't have. But then they're like, no, actually, it's four gigahertz. It's actually, you know, ha- better than Haswell's IPC. <laughs> and right. uh, we're not that far behind in gaming. And I was like, oh, no, they're not just offering something we didn't have before. Intel's in danger of being behind at everything, just like, you know, that. And it, it's so funny. People like w- say, why isn't there a new Threadripper platform? Why did Intel leave HEDT for so long? Which they should have some new stuff coming out soon. Um, it's like uh, AMD beat them so badly that they didn't bother competing and AMD doesn't see a point in launching something that's cheaper than a workstation when you can get 16 cores on desktop. I think people forget that the way HEDT used to work, the reason Intel was bringing a 10-core Broadwell E back then is because their server chips were like 22 cores or something, and their desktop chips were only four. They weren't even halfway in between that. That would have been 12 cores. And now you look at Threadripper at 64 cores, that's just absurd. Like, that's not even halfway to server. It's the same. Right. Like, it, yeah, it's nuts. It's just insane if you think about it. I mean, it, that's why you have to. This is, you're right. The, I don't know what we should call it post Zen era or Zen era or post Zen era probably sounds bad because it sounds like you're over. But mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, the, the 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 core count wars has been awesome for consumers and everybody. Now it just if it, the developers could catch up, it'd be nice. Yeah, and I think I think we're about to enter into the accelerator war. 
area era, but um, which you can already see with like the flow accelerator and Lovelace and like all these accelerators that are going to be inside of Phoenix, which will have an AI engine and meteor like. But the RTX 4090 is so big that I was considering digging one of my old compact liquid coolers from storage to cool my processor if I were to test the 4090 in my desktop. And unfortunately, I found out that at some point it had broken pretty badly. And so I guess I'll just need to buy a new one if I go down that route. But, you know, whatever I end up using, this highlighted the dangers of liquid cooling. Their dangers that the Ice Giant Pro Siphon Elite does not need to worry about. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Ice Giant and their Pro Siphon Elite that uses thermosiphon technology, which was initially developed for use for industrial applications to make an incredibly innovative phase change cooler that performs like the best liquid coolers on the market. And it has the reliability and simplicity of an air cooler. And if you support this company, Ice Giant, you're supporting a startup in Austin, Texas that stands by their product with a unprecedented 10-year warranty. So whether you're looking to cool Zen 4, Raptor Lake, Threadripper, or some upcoming Xeon Extreme product from Intel, know that Ice Giant has you covered without requiring liquid cooling for these beasts. And their product is available at dozens of retailers globally. And you can go to Amazon right now and use a coupon code to get an additional $25 off. Click the link in the description to buy the Ice Giant Prosiphon Elite. And if you do, you're also supporting Moore's Law is Dead. Consider the Prosiphon Elite today. Let me ask you, you know, Zen 4 just came out, you know, there's been a lot of consternation about if it should have had more than 16 cores, to which I'm of mixed opinions about, because um, I it, it just depends which argument you're making. But we'll get to that. What do you think of Zen 4? Did it live up to what you were expecting? Do you think it's a good product? It seems like it was selling bad at first, but now it's starting to gain a little momentum. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think um, it actually, it, it over-delivered. Kind of honestly, I didn't think it was going to perform as well as it did because 5950X is a really good part, but mm -hmm. 7950X obviously destroys the 5950X, right? And of course, the reason is <laughs> they are pushing power that they were not doing with 5950, right? Because they they had to put the, the pedal to the metal to to get to where they are now. Uh, I am overall, I think it's a pretty decent part. I think it's, you know, it overperformed expectations. Um, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. Uh, obviously, the problem is it's the transition period. I mean, you know, I honestly think the reason why isn't it selling as well is because it's just a bigger buy-in to go to these new parts. And then there's no low-cost boards for the bottom end. And that is where the bulk of the market is. Most people are buying lower-end parts. They're not buying the, the Ryzen 9s, right? So not having that that lower end, you know, budget stuff hurt it. And um, I think that's pretty normal though, because it's an, you know, bleeding edge technology costs more and it's, that's where you're going to focus because those people who are going to run out and buy 7950Xs with, you know, $500, $600 motherboards, they are the ones that have the cash to burn on it. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, that's a funny thing too. I heard from some contacts I have at micro centers. They were saying, and it's somewhat anecdotal, but it's a few micro centers, and they're like, uh, our 7950Xs are actually selling almost as well per day as the last gen. It's just no one wants a 7600X, right. and most people don't want anything below the 7950X. It, it, it's interesting. Um, although I will say they did that deal at Micro Center for a weekend where they gave away free RAM 
with the uh, motherboards, and they yeah. said just boom, they couldn't keep anything in stock. It was just gone. Anything that applied to that deal. Yeah, it just kind of tells you it was a little hard to. It was just a little too much. Besides, you know, you're moving to a new platform. Um, you, you got to buy memory. You got to just. There's all kinds of things, and it, it, uh, yeah, I think it definitely hurt it. Um, and it's, the weird thing is, of course, Intel is so like in a better position with uh, Raptor Lake in a ways because it's going to slot into the same boards, you know. So it's just kind of this odd reversal where Intel is like, "Hey, look, we're giving you a new CPU in the same socket, and you don't. We got DDR4. You don't want to pay for DDR5. We got DDR4, right? So, well, and what's interesting is I was told by James Pryor. He said that that whole Micro Center deal. Um, and he, he corroborated what someone else told me at micro center, like after it happened that actually what they, what he was told by higher ups is that they weren't paying for that. It was some deal with AMD and G skill. AMD paid for all of those free memory kits, not micro center. Wow. And James Pryor said, yeah, we did that all the time. If something wasn't selling, we'd find a partner who needed the most help and we would just do a deal because if we do a bunch of price cuts now, that's millions of dollars that we lose. We, we need to make sure the price cut will even help. Right. And that's what they were doing at Micro Center. And I noticed when B650 came out on Newegg, all Zen processors were 3% off for one day. And I was just like, that, and now it's gone. I'm like, that was definitely AMD going, if we make our processors cost about the same as Raptor Lake and have cheaper boards, will people buy them? And it's just interesting to see these little tests AMD seems to be doing to see how they need to respond because we're on the cusp. This podcast will come out right before Raptor Lake's about to launch. And I get the feeling that I don't know if it will happen on day one, but I think AMD is going to have an answer to Raptor Lake this month if they need to. And it's hmm. clear they can afford to um, when I see these little case studies they're doing. Do you see it as a pricing move? Because I, I, I do want to ask you, because it feels like 3900K is you know cheaper technically. It will eventually get to the, the price that it's launched at. But are they, I mean, 100 more bucks for a 7950X? What do you think? Is that a problem? Well, it's not a hundred more. It's it's like thirty more dollars. Um, well, seven hundred, right? On paper, right? So, yeah, seven hundred versus I think it's six hundred and sixty or whatever it's Is selling it? for. I can't remember what the. Well, so that's the weird thing. The way Intel announces their prices, what they are announcing when they show that is per 1,000 units sold in right. bulk to Dell. So when then Dell and everyone's going to add their 10, 20% markup. And since that's happened, I've had some more retailers confirm to me like, no, we're making less money per chip sold at the prices we're selling Raptor Lake at than what we're making with Zen 4. So there's move for a price cut and they would still have to be making more money on every Zen chip sold. And in fact... Uh, Pat Gelsinger does an end of week Q&A with employees and an employee sent me some of the quotes he said and he said our margins are too low and we've got to fix this now. So Intel, even at the pricing for Raptor like we're seeing, which is higher than I think some people expected, which is to say what, like $330 for the i5K, um, $660, $670, I don't actually remember, for the i9, that's actually still lower margins. Um, I think what I would expect AMD to do is spank their motherboard partners hard because from what I understand, it's the motherboard partners. They don't need to be charging more for these motherboards. AMD's not telling them to do it. Like, and they just know they can milk because they're first. And I think what we're going to see is AMD say, hey guys, which I've heard Jensen's actually doing, by the way, with the 4090, which is why you're seeing it sell for MSRP. Um, I think AMD is going to say, get your shit together. We're not going to sell any processors if you don't put these close to where they're supposed to be. 
And I think AMD is going to allow retailers to sell their processors below MSRP if they want to, which is what happened with Zen 3. AMD did no official price cuts for Zen 3, and yet we just saw everything drift 50 to to $100 below MSRP. And I think, I think AMD is just going to say, if you guys want to, you can. It's just funny because you, you're going to... I I always feel bad for motherboard vendors because they're almost they're they're always left holding the bag, you know. Like hey, like SLI connector, Crossfire connector. Oh, who's going to pay for this? The graphics card vendor that could make sense, right? No, you're going to bundle it in the box with them, <laughs> you know. And it just I always feel bad for board vendors because they always like everybody makes them include everything. Like what the hell? Why am I getting these things in the, in the box? And I do think when it comes to graphics cards, that's happened sometimes. I mean, look, EVGA stopped working with NVIDIA for this reason. So to the people, and I've seen people in like the comments of some of my videos and podcasts say this, like, you know, fuck these graphics card makers. They're milking us. It's like, in fact, EVGA left NVIDIA guys because they weren't making money. So that's actually not true all the time. Sometimes it is, but not all the time. What I do know about B650 and X670 chipsets is they are cheaper to make than the previous gen. So I don't know what AMD is charging them, right? But what I would say is I think they're making money on these things when oh, I yeah. see a $500 motherboard. There's no way around it. These motherboard makers are... I, I Sometimes I think they're getting squeezed, but I don't know that they are this time. And I, and I think it might be pissing off AMD. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, the board vendors, I mean, but they do... You know, it's it's funny because I've, I've been wanting to talk to a board vendor. It's like, look, let's just do you know, bomb costs in these boards because how the hell are we getting up to $600 in these things? Like, look <laughs> at all these ASICs you got. I mean, like, uh, there's just, and a lot, you know, in, in their defense, they'll say like, look, look at all the crap we got to put on this board. You see all these USB controllers, all the, and like these stupid little, this stupid little diode might've gone up in cost by like a hundred or 300% because of supply chain issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, they do have reasons for it. And then also I think part of it is like, they really, they really do, especially at that $500, they really laid along the features, right? And there's just, they're heavily overbuilt, you know, so yeah. there might be, but I would, I would actually like to sit down. It's like, look, let's actually look at the actual parts that go into this and like the amount of layers, the amount of traces it all kinds, it all adds up. Well, and there's I, certainly inflation. I, I think that the people that think we should have like $70 B650 motherboards, I'm like, these are so much nicer than the motherboards I got for my like Ivy Bridge system, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> like, let's remember, not pretend. You don't know? you remember in the days like the the like it was always like it was weird. We were in the 2000s. It was always like uh, 230 dollars. Like somehow there was something magical about the 230 dollar motherboard. That was a high end motherboard, right? I mean, not they mm-hmm. had some once in a while more expensive, but most of the like oh high end board was 230 dollars. Like that was like oh. And then now the high-end boards are like, you know, $900. It's crazy, right? But at the same time, you pick up a $230 high-end motherboard from way, way back then and compare it to today's motherboard. There's- well, so, but here's the thing, right? I go to Newegg right now, and I'm seeing the ASRock X670E Pro, and it looks like it comes with a Wi-Fi. It come, Yeah, it does. It comes with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. It has it, and it's extreme, X70 extreme, all the features. It's two sixty five after rebate. I I'm not seeing the insanity that bad here. I mean, it's right. just it is expensive because it first came out. Now people would then point to like the six hundred 
I mean, my X570 motherboard was really expensive. So I don't, I don't know what people's memories are here, but like they got expensive about then. Uh, but when people point to like the $600 and $1,000 motherboards, my answer always is, <clears throat> I have nothing to say. I think those are just for who, people who have too much money. Like, I'm not going to, def- I, I don't know who's buying the $600 motherboards, and I doubt they make a lot of them. I'd be fascinated if a motherboard manufacturer said, we actually sell a lot of $1,000 motherboards. I, I don't even think those are worth talking about. Guys, that's the milking edition. Don't, that's for like a professional overclocker. I don't think you need to show me a $1,500 motherboard. Like, it proves any point. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. What do I think about that? Nothing. What do I think about the $3,000 Kingpin NVIDIA graphics cards? Nothing. I think nothing. No one's going to buy that. Yeah, but you know, I think a lot of people, they, especially when you're looking at the entire audience, and the, the one thing that has really shifted from when I started is it's gotten so much larger. PC gaming PCs are just so huge now, and they're very mm-hmm. mainstream. Um, it's really hard to lose sight of the fact that a lot of people just buy stuff only because it's cooler like how many people go out and buy a you know 900 horsepower challenger right like (laughs) you bought that because it's got 900 horsepowers that you will never use but you know because you're you want it you want you want it to be cool you know and that's i think there is those people are real and hey if you got the money for it more power to you but i think people really do need to keep in mind that there are people with a lot more money than Yes, and there always will be. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell them how to, like, if they're spending their money on something, that's not, it's their money. But I also, yeah, yeah. Is it for me? Am I going to buy a $1,000 motherboard? But a lot of those boards are built for those people like, yeah, if you're a professional overclocker, yeah. Is this person who's buying a professional overclocker? No. But it's just like, hey, this is the same board the professional overclockers buy. It must, I want this, right? That's, That's a real thing out there. There's, there are a lot of people in this world that have a ton of money. Going back on subject to just like Intel stuff, how are you feeling about Raptor Lake? Like, how do you think it's going to do? Because it's funny, like just to kind of set the stage, everyone complained about AM5 motherboard pricing, but we're seeing sales already start to happen. Um, And now that Raptor Lake's about to launch, Z790 doesn't look much cheaper than X670. In fact, it looks like it is the same price, guys. Um, And it seems like... We'll see what happens. I think it, either way, it's going to almost depend on the website you go to because these processors are so close in performance. But there are, there's stuff coming out now that like the 7700X beats all of Raptor Lake at gaming besides the i9 potentially, if not ties everything below the i9. Meaning that really when, a, when Intel wins gaming, it's with the i9 and everything else has to be clocked lower because of yields, because it's a monolithic design, a thing AMD has an advantage at. So as much as Intel is giving you more threads per tier for sure now, uh, it does seem like they might not have a gaming advantage. This almost looks like a reverse of what we're used to seeing with AMD versus Intel. But I don't know what I'm rambling. Like, what what do you expect out of Raptor? Like, how do you expect it to do? And what are you looking for in these reviews? Uh, you know, I got to be careful because um, I'm mid review cycle. Sure. I, you know, I don't, I can't talk about any of this stuff. But I, I think. The public numbers look good. Again, you know, out of out of uh, Israel, they said, you know, what, 15% single threaded performance and 41%. Up to 15, I think. Up to 15. And then, yeah. On, in spec, um, it looks like they're going to have an advantage in core count, obviously. Um, for, you know, people who get, like, for me, it's, as again, I'm an old-time reviewer. Um the amount of games you used to run as a CPU reviewer was like very little because who cared, right? 
And part of that was because it was like it was like Intel versus Intel versus Intel. So that got really kind of boring. Uh, I will. Yeah, say- I remember a Tom's Hardware review for Haswell where they said uh, it. The title of the review was "In Haswell's Ten Percent Faster, Comma Enthusiasts Yawn." Yeah. No, I mean, what was the? You know, it was one of those things where. It was like they had no competition, right? So it was like themselves against themselves. It was really, again, that's why part of the reasons why that department didn't get like all kinds of money and pressure to keep improving themselves. I, but as far as like, uh, I think for the gaming thing, like people get like really caught up for me. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just because of my perspective. I think people get a little too torqued up in the, oh, I need this CPU for this gaming. Like, uh, I always think put all your money toward the biggest, fattest GPU you can afford, right? Mm-hmm. If, like if you're really looking at Ryzen nine versus Core i nine, twelfth gen, whatever. I mean, are you really? Is it really worth getting that worked up over it? You know, if you can take the extra money and port it toward you know the next bin up GPU, I think it's always better than getting all into looking parsing out these little charts for small percentage differences. It's like these CPUs are so damn fast. You really just need to get the, the most expensive, fastest graphics card you can afford. Um, I would love to see with 4090. I don't have a 4090, but I kind of mm-hmm. wonder if that's going to change the math a little bit. But it does I think feel it could, like, you know, it, it doesn't it feel like we're just in like this bizarre purgatory right now where like all reviewers wish they had the 4090 to review Zen 4, but now they're also not doing it quite yet because why redo all your benchmarks until you're doing the comparison to Raptor Lake? Like it, and I think we're about to be out of that purgatory because Raptor Lake's about to launch. But I, I do feel like it might be another two weeks before we really know which one's better at what because we needed the forty ninety yeah. to test them. I agree with you because I think like and this is this has come up on our podcast too. People are like, why aren't you using the absolute latest thing for everything? And like they don't. And I will say this, you know, people they want to they want to just jump down the throat of every single reviewer. Because they go like, you oh, didn't I'm run aware. it the way I want you to run it. You need to run it this way. Otherwise, you're on the take or you're just stupid or what? what's wrong with you? Why didn't you like, they don't understand the amount of work it takes to do just one review. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this immense database of numbers. Um, it's really, really hairy to to manage. And a lot of people, they did reviews with older CPUs because you can't just start all over again. You know, you just you just don't do that on a dime. And people need to understand it. Just it, you know. It yeah, it's gonna. We'll finally be there where people will have forty nineties. But then it'll be like now everybody has to get forty nineties. Now 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 then they're gonna be like, well, do I need thirteen gen? Should I standardize in thirteen gen? Should I use seven thousand? And there's going to be the argument that maybe you should be waiting for RDNA three because we know Nvidia's hot, uh, scheduler isn't as good as AMD as AMD seems to be a little higher at high refresh rate with RDNA. So then there's a chance we'll see the 4090 not change things too much all the time. It's just now you can benchmark the CPUs in 4k instead of 1080p. (laughs) And then RDNA three comes in that RDNA three with smart access memory may just change the whole equation. We have no idea. It might just make Zen four fly. It might. And you know, what's a kind of interesting too is, so when I did uh, Ryzen 7000, I looked at the high end and I got some numbers from our, our sister brother website in Germany, PC Welt. And he did some testing, his testing. So I got his numbers. I got my test, my numbers. Um, and some of his, he had more of a Delta 
between some of the parts than I did. You know, I, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't use the same game. So he, you know, he has his set that he likes to use. I have my set. Uh, and I was like, huh, interesting. I'm, it, is there, there's more of a spread here. I mean, not huge, not enough to like, oh my God, change my world kind of thing. But I was kind of wondering like if this, if this was AMD plus AMD, cause he used 6950 XT, I used, uh, 3090s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's, is that, is that Sam? Is it just simply AMD plus AMD? Then I started to also think like, maybe it's just because honestly, six AMD is generally done pretty well at rasterized gaming. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, better than probably 3090 would, right? So I was like, especially at 1080p. So I was like, huh, I wonder if it's just because a lot of the games that people are, are using, I mean, they're not using all the advanced features. They're not cranking on, you know, ray tracing and all the all the other stuff. A lot of times, like rasterized gaming is probably what's going to skew most of the game benchmarks. I kind of was mm-hmm. am wondering if that that's an issue. So not so, to take it off on a, on a tangent, but. Well, so, so yeah, it sounds like you don't want to get too much into what you predict and exact percentages between Raptor Lake and Zen 4 because you're reviewing it, right? But like, I, I, I let me ask, I mean, can I ask you though, like how you think it will, let's just put it this way. It seems like the i5 is going to cost 10%, maybe after discounts, 20% more than the R5s. The i7s, how do I put it actually? The i7s cost between the R7 and the entry, like 12 core R9. But AMD's probably going to beat them at gaming. Intel's probably going to win a multi-threading, except maybe against the 7900X. We'll see. And and the, the... it's funny, the 7950X versus the i9-13900K, AMD costs more, but it's like, do they $30, $40 more? Is that, uh, is that much more when these processors are $700? And it seems like they're going to basically tie it gaming and multi-threading. AMD has the longevity platform. Intel doesn't. Intel has cheaper options, but in the mid-range and high-end, their motherboards are actually pretty similarly priced. How do you think how do you, how do you think Raptor like stacks up competitively? Is it just like basically a tie where they both have advantages, but honestly they're both close? Or do you think one has an advantage overall? Um, you know, so I'm going to answer that again using publicly um, released information. I would say at the high end, you know, it's probably going to be that dogfight that people expect. You know, like win some, lose some. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you got to figure because uh, seven thousand was you know what, 40% fast in 5950, and then, you know, significant increase. In multi-threading, in, yeah. In, yeah, in multi-threading, significant increase in, you know, lightly threaded, single-threaded tasks, you know. <laughs> and Intel has said, like, hey, by the way, Raptor Lake's going to be 15% and 41%. So you can sort of see it's probably, like, at the high end, where they are just pushing the sockets to the absolute limits, I mean, which we're seeing everywhere, it probably is going to be a dogfight based on the publicly released numbers. I think the problem for AMD is really at for you know Ryzen five, you know, mm-hmm. and mid range because Intel is just simply giving you more cores, and um, that's I think a problem. Like for me, when I looked at like fifty six hundred versus twelve six hundred K, twelve six hundred K was like destruction derby. Yeah, yeah on, I have right? one. Yeah, it was like why would you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, if you're just a gamer. Um, then who cares? Honestly, you could be running a, you could I be three. running like an I3, it doesn't matter. But I sort of think like, for everybody who does care about performance, that that advantage that 
Core i5 12600K had over Ryzen 5 was just like, it was just, it was just brutal. It was just brutal, right? Because it was like, if you care about multi-threaded performance or multitasking or all these things and lightly threaded performance, you're going to want Intel, right? It was a clear, clear, generally recommend Mm -hmm. CPU over Ryzen. I'm not so sure that math is going to change here either because, you know, AMD itself, even when they were doing the presentations in Austin, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we, we should do really well with gaming with Ryzen 5. What about, mm-hmm. you know, multi-threaded performance? Yeah, you know, we might give up. You know, they pretty much admitted like, they, yeah, yeah, you know, 14 cores versus sixes. It sounds like Intel during Coffee Lake, right? Like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it just, it was just, you can clearly see kind of where that's coming from. I don't think it's going to change because they, I, it's really funny because Intel is just giving, yes, they increased the price of the Core i5 Raptor Lake, but it, you're still getting, you're you're still apparently getting way more than AMD is giving it's, you. It's going to be 5. hard for me to argue to get any Raptor Lake besides that i5 when it's giving you six big and eight little cores. I can't imagine anyone needing more than what is that twenty threads. You know? Yeah, no, I'm with you too, and that's that's again the reasons like why for what I do honestly even have for what my, like mm-hmm. even like Core i5 is probably overkill for most people. Um, but you know. The people buy Core i7 and Core i9 and Ryzen 9 and Ryzen 7 because, you know, you like to look cool. It's like, I got to get better. I, I got to get a better thing. And seven's more than, than five. So. so I'm curious where you think the calculus would change, though, because from what it, and I've been you know, trying to sound the alarm for months about because everyone keeps saying the i5 is going to destroy the R5. And I'm like, as far as I can tell, though, that six core um, 7600X is going to win gaming against that i5. Like it, it seems like it's going to. So if it was two fifty, and then the i five was almost a hundred dollars more, then does the seventy six hundred X get easily recommended for you? Because the funny thing is, is the problem this generation is. I feel like Zen three and especially Alder Lake hit a level of performance that kind of made this whole conversation stupid for most people. It's like, what do you? Wh- well, now you need to try to hit three hundred. I think Gamers Nexus made fun of it, like AMD loses Rainbow Six Siege with an embarrassing 600 frames per second. Right. Like, you know, like that type of stuff. Like, if the R5 7600X is 250 and it wins in gaming, and then the 7700X became the same price as the i5, so basically almost high multi-threading but winning gaming, do you then recommend AMD? Because I'm thinking of, because AMD, I think AMD is going to respond. So I'm trying to think of like where the calculus would change in your opinion. Well, it has to be with price cuts, though, right? I mean, that's kind of, it feels like the only way they can sort of move. I mean, what is, what is 7,600? What is the actual street price on those these days? It's 300, but I'm told it has much higher margins for the retailers themselves than the i5 is going to, where the i5, they're making like 10 bucks per one sold, whereas the uh, 7,600X, they're making much more than that. So they could go down, I think, that much. Right. But I mean, where does that come from, though? Does the, does a retailer want to, take less money or does amd say hey you need to cut the price of these i don't i don't know how the, the sort of like business decisions work out at a retailer i generally think they like to sell no i know need Dico for more money so there but i but if they did though is that where you think it would change or do you think it would have to be cheaper than like two fit like again the 7700x becomes 350 the 7600x becomes 250 does that basically just balance it out is 50 bucks really all that was required and maybe cheaper motherboards yeah, I think it's going to take the cheaper motherboards. I mean, but, you know, the other thing that is, again, that 
weird advantage for Intel is like, hey, you could do DDR4, which, you know, DDR5 has really, really come down in price, but you still have like, you could still do a DDR4 build with Intel. You know, maybe you have existing memory you're moving over, so there's that advantage. I think, I think everybody needs to, and this is the problem with the internet, is everybody thinks some dude or dudette on Reddit telling you this is the absolute right answer for everything is wrong. It comes down to what is right for that person. Well, that's so, the funny thing is it's like if we remove 50 bucks, all of a sudden it's not a big deal. And it's like, so these, it's not that different, really. Yeah. I mean, but that's really competition, help? you know. It is competition, but it feels like they have to respond with price cuts. Does it make it more competitive? You know, I don't know. It's hard to tell because you got to do like the full build, spec it out. I think, though, for again, for the average person, the average consumer that is price conscious, they still want decent performance. Who cares? That's <laughs> my answer. Just buy, like, I mean, I think that's one of the problems that people get a little too worked up over is like, yeah, this one's faster. Are you are you doing 3D renders? No, you're mm-hmm. not. Are you doing anything that's using all the cores? No, you're not. Then why do you then why care, right? Just, it, people get a little but I, you know, I mean this whole industry is we don't we hate to admit it, but we're basically like the sneaker industry, right? Like, oh yeah, I want I I need these Jordans. Like really Really, $300 for these stupid pair of sneakers? It's not going to make any difference, right? But, you know, that's people get caught up in that. As a practical level, most people don't need anything near what these processors can offer. So I think it's, I think I wouldn't get too worked up over it. But yeah, honestly, cutting 50 can help, but you do still have DDR4 as being an issue. Um, the boards can come down in price. That can help as well. But if you want to use DDR4, shouldn't you be getting the 5800X3D anyways? Which yeah, blows I mean, that's, everything out of the water and uses DDR4 and has cheaper motherboards than Alder Lake. Like, if you yeah. care about price, like, why are we even talking about these? Do two you things? think? Well, yeah, I mean, here's the other question I have is do you think the X3D can come down in pricing anymore? I just had this kind of like weird thought the other day. Like, I mean, we all love the X3D, awesome part. But is that, re- is that really the answer? Because they can't, can you really get the X3D? Can you really cut that thing to like $300? Or are they like given away? Um, you know, the thing is, I I just don't know how much money the packaging adds. It really doesn't add right. much cost in silicon. The Vcash in materials is not expensive, and we are talking about seven uh, nanometer and twelve nanometer for the IO die silicon instead of um six and five nanometer and from what i hear actually zen 4 is cheaper to make than raptor lake so if zen 4 is cheaper to make than raptor lake the 5800 x3d should cost less to make than the 7700x i would think so i don't see why they couldn't at least go down to 350 um the question is is how many of those they even want to make when they're using the same dies for milan x for server but they are transitioning to genoa now so might they free up that capacity Yes. The only thing I can say is it's plausible they could get it below 350, but I, I I think it's more of an issue of if they want to make that many when they can make server chips. Um, and, and then there's the question of with which maybe we'll get to this Fish Hawk Falls coming out, which I leaked. It's it's actually does seem to be coming out by quarter one. So we're going to have these monolithic 24 core, 34 core chips from Intel. It doesn't sound like Zen 4 Threadripper is going to be ready until late next year at the earliest. If that's true, Maybe AMD wants to launch Zen 3D Threadripper chips to compete with Fishhawk Falls, right? Like, so I like, would you rather sell a 
five thousand dollar sixty four core or ten. It seems like you're making more money on that five thousand dollar one than trying to sell like ten of those fifty eight hundred X three Ds or twenty of those actually, depending on the price it goes down to. So. I think it's more of a question of how much supply they have than it is even cost. Right. But I mean, it was still, you know, this they have cool experiment partnership with TSMC to even make. So how many do they ever, you know, do they get? Right. So I just kind of wonder how f- low in price they're willing to go because we don't really know what they TSMC charge them. So I just kind of wonder if that is a competitive, if that, if it really can be competitively priced. It's going to be awesome for what it is, but it's, you know, you're still, you're still getting last generation. So, and as much as it does help in a lot of games, not every game gives you Mm -hmm. that performance bump, right? And then you're still also dealing with a chip that is below a 5800X in clocks. So up against a, you know, a 7700X, a lot of lightly threaded tasks, you know, it, it honestly... I think it should it cost be. less, you know, and that's the fu- the thing, though. So that's, I guess that's my answer. If AMD could get the 5800X 3D to $300, it's game over. That's all I'm recommending to budget builds. If oh, it yeah. stays above the price of the i5, I don't really care if it beats the i5 on average by 5%. The i5 doubles its multi-threading <laughs> performance, you know, so I'd probably recommend the i5 over that because I'm just going to say you're not going to notice the difference in gaming anyways. Frankly, you probably wouldn't notice the difference with an Alder Lake i3 for half of the people, so... Yeah, here's you know. Let me bounce this question off you. Um, is it a problem? People love the fact that AM4 was just an amazing socket that went so that gave everybody so much. Do you think it's actually a strategy AMD should really pursue down the road? Because we we saw a lot of people like you know what? Um, I'm not going to buy your new CPU. I'm going to buy one of the older ones on the special closeout because hell, I'm getting a 5800X for nothing or a 5900. You know, it really, a lot of people, it feels like, you know what? I'm just going to do an in-socket upgrade, not going to buy your new thing. And it just comes at the worst possible time for AMD because we know the market is obviously starting Mm -hmm. to, we're going back into the other direction now, all the world events and all that stuff. But um, it feels like this, like if I were AMD, like some, like one of the bean counters is like, great. You gave everybody this wonderful upgrade path and they slap us in the face with it at the very worst time, right? You should be selling more 7,000 parts, but they're all buying your older parts on closeout pricing. Like, why should we do this? Whereas, you know, if we, it's really funny. If you think about it, like if you had built a KB Lake Intel box and like now you're going to do a new box, like do I do 12th mm-hmm. gen, 13th gen? New board, start over, right? For AMD, that person's like, oh, I'll just buy the new CPU and drop it in. Uh-huh. You basically lose a sale on your new things that give you more margin, and your older thing, they're buying on the closeout thing. So that I kind of wonder, like, you kind of wonder that's going to leave a scar at AMD. It's like, oh, yeah, we really screwed ourselves by giving people this option. You know, it's part of, you know, Intel's magic, the business people love it, is they can manage these supply chains where, hey, Suddenly, you can no longer buy the old things. Like, they're all gone, right? Eighth gen? Oh, you go look at the prices of an eighth gen part, they are through the roof. And uh, <laughs> I just kind of wonder if, like, this is the kind of thing that just will make AMD go like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll just make you buy a new motherboard every two cycles, you know, because this sucks. I think it is a good investment because when I talk to peop- uh, retailers, 
Uh, I have some pr- some pretty good friends now uh, that like own some multiple storefronts. Like, and they're like, you know, Alder Lake sold terribly uh, compared to what Intel expected, and there's that's the reason everything below the i5K is rebrands for now. I think eventually they might launch the Raptor Lake versions of the non KI5s, but for now they're just rebranding Alder Lake because they got to get rid of this crap. You know, like they've got too much of it. They made too much of it. I honestly think Intel thought to themselves, once we beat AMD by even 5%, everyone's going to switch back to daddy Intel. And then they didn't. And I think Intel's scared. And the reason they didn't is retailers said everyone could just switch to discount Zen 3 and the 5800 X3D and they didn't need a new motherboard. So making it so you have a motherboard that lasts a long time doesn't win you any favor with motherboard manufacturers for sure. And short term, it's a bad business decision, but I would say it's like a trust fund or buying bonds. It's like, I know these bonds are a waste of money now, but they will mature. And once they mature, you're going to have more money. And this allowed them to just merc Alder Lake. Then AMD didn't lose market share to Alder Lake. It's crazy. Like in, I only basically recommended Alder Lake to new systems. Having said that, if it wasn't a new system, I was like, 5800 X3D is just as good at gaming. I don't know why you care. And I think that's what AMD should be thinking about right now. The concern I have is they're not acting like they do. I think they will have a long-term support for AM5, at least to Zen 6 or at least Zen 5 Plus or whatever happens then. There'll be at least three gens, Zen 4, Zen 5, and something else. I'm sure of that. Whether it's called Zen 5 Plus or Zen 6, I don't know. But at the same time, if that's what they really were focusing on, this would be the time to make it cheaper than ever. Like. If you like this Raptor Lake isn't out yet, and this is a motherboard platform where people will keep it for five years, make them want to upgrade so that you keep them for another five years. And it just doesn't seem like AMD was aggressive enough with that. What I don't know is if that's because this is just the worst time to launch a high end product in gaming history and they didn't think they need to be cheaper. I think we're going to find out within a month. Do they do a bunch of discounts and push the advantage to get people to stay on AMD for the next five years? If the answer is no, and they're almost acting like they don't care even if they do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I it's one of those things like they just may have to, maybe they, they can't cut the pricing because you know you, these are ultimately all businesses. They want to make more money, so or there's no point, right? Like they need to supply Genoa to customers. They use the same chiplets. Maybe they know we could afford to make it, you know, what, 600, 450, and 300 and 250 for all these models if we wanted to. But then it would instantly sell out. And then we'd have to make the hard decision. Do we want to make, you know, a Genoa processor is going to sell for like, I don't know, 10 grand, right? For 96 cores. And so, so you have 12 CCDs. And if I divide, like ten thousand dollars by twelve. Each CCD is going for eight hundred bucks. That's more than an entire seven nine fifty X. That's wasting two of those. So if you're AMD, maybe you're like, it's just a shitty market. We're gonna make it priced just where it needs to be to be competitive. But if right. we go any lower, we can't make enough of these anyways. Yeah, yeah, because they that's you know server again. That's where they you do print the money on server. So. No, yeah, but let me ask you this then moving forward to just more broad conversations. Like a, a couple of years ago, I did videos where I was like, I think Alder Lake and XE, then it was called XE, now we just call it ARC, 
those are going to be the products to watch. If those are both home runs, Intel's back, baby. If one of them is good, that means Intel's not out yet. And if both of them suck, I'm worried about Intel's future. Alder Lake was good, but it didn't set the world on fire, it turns out. And Alchemist, I don't think we can say it's been great. Like, do you think Intel's out of the woods in your mind in terms of like their trajectory, how they look at as competitive to AMD? I mean, Sapphire Rapids was meant to compete with Milan. It's going to compete with Genoa and Genoa X. Um, and Raptor Lake seems like it's a tie with Zen 4. Do you think Intel's back? And if not, like when do you when do you think we're going to see it? Is it going to be Meteor Lake? Is it going to be Arrow Lake? You know, Granite Rapids? Diamond Rapids, like all of these random code names. I think they have to demonstrate that they can hit their mark. You know, again, back in the day, Intel always hit every single mark on schedule. And of course, that has not been the way it's been for quite a while now. So they really have to prove to everybody that they can hit their mark. I think, honestly, in performance, you know, given their, you know, they're clearly a still a bit behind, you know, TSMC and where they're at. They're doing pretty good for consumers. They are doing, I think, really well because they are, they're still giving you a lot. Um, but as, as far as like, oh, am I, do I think Intel is out of the woods as far as like their ability to hit the roadmaps? I'd, I'd say I'd have to wait. The one thing though, I think people need to remember is they are almost essentially a, you know, United States DOD. <laughs> They're basically, <laughs> yes, I know. people remind national, me that it's true. It's a, they are essentially as important to, you know, technology in the United States as, as, you know, people who make, you know, F-35s. So I don't think like anybody who thinks Intel is going to vanish and go away. That's, that's just simply ridiculous. We're so right? far away from making that. Yeah. yeah argument. It's, it's never, and I, I people always kind of say that and they want to say it, but it's just so ridiculous because people don't realize the scale and resources that Intel has. And the fact that, you know, uncle Sam is now cutting them checks to do this fab and, you know, they, and people really want to see them get these fabs off the ground and they could honestly be making Apple, you know, M fours down the road. They could be making Zen down the road. Who knows, right? Their fab services are, uh, like basically an oil field for the United States. So I think, no, as far as performance going great, as far as like, are they really going to be able to execute? I don't know. Like who, who would, I would, would I put my money on like meteor Lake coming out on time? Like, uh, no, not me. I would put how my do you money define on, on time. If it comes out late next year, I'd say it's not on time. They would yeah. argue it is, but <laughs> you know, well, and do they say first half or second half? I don't know what the official roadmap is, but that's the funny thing is, is I tend to remember what AMD says and I don't remember what Intel says. I, I honestly just talk to my sources. I don't really care what Intel says publicly because yeah. they're right less often than they're wrong with what they say publicly. So I'd be an idiot to follow anything they say publicly, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, I, I, for some reason I remember being first half for, uh, that's when it was supposed to be, but let me, I'm curious what their latest public statement is. It was, yeah, it was, it was supposed to come out beginning of 20 early 2024 but now on their roadmap they say meteor like an arrow like 2023 to 2024 whatever okay. that means is supposed to be early 2023 so it seems like they're leaving quite a bit of vagueness there yeah and so I, I i at least what i hear is it's late 2023 
you know, so almost a Strix competitor than more so than a uh, Phoenix competitor. Hmm. And almost a Zen 5 competitor as well. Certainly a Zen 4 with Vcash competitor, not a Zen 4 competitor. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, yeah, that's again, like that, that's how far Intel has fallen there. That kind of like, you know, they never missed before. And now it's like, yeah, call me when, you know, you got something that's ready because it, it's just been, you know, it's hasn't been great. And that's why, like, for me, I actually think Alder Lake was fantastic mm-hmm. because <laughs> there are a lot of dogs in there and then like rebrands of the same dog. And to me, that's why 12th Gen was so much better because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is you now actually competing. So um, that is, it. it's a, it's a lean sign, but it leans more positive. But again, yeah, I'm not putting my money on it till I, till the, we see the things, right? That's, that's a problem for them. Well, let me ask you this too. Um, again, you know, I'm not suggesting they're going to go out of business anytime soon, but it's kind of like when I talk about what I mean by like, high-end discrete arc being effectively canceled when i talk about things changing at intel no they're not going to go out of business but you said well i mean they're a dod funded they're 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 like almost like an oil well for the u.s tech sector okay but like if they just become a tsmc competitor is that really the intel we remember like is it really the same company at that point like if gm was making the engines for ford cars but not making cars is that really like i think that's close enough to things have changed you know even no one's saying they're going to completely go out of business. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, well, the, believe me, there are people on the internet who say that. And, Never the, actively, no one but, reasonable yeah, is saying. No one reasonable <laughs> would say that. And yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and frankly, like I, I kind of feel like eventually they'll have to take the Intel name out of the Foundry services, or because mm-hmm. it, it feels like it'll just be a Foundry service that everybody uses. Um. Well, and I, I can't go into too much detail, but I heard a crazy rumor from one of my one of my best sources who knows a lot of people who said that AMD is in is playing around with how they could try to get into fabs again. So I will say that. Like and I don't think they're going to anytime soon. This isn't Tom saying AMD's going right. to make their own fabs, guys. But I am saying when you think about the checks the US government's cutting. The U.S. government just wants the best chips to be competitive. Why would they not cut checks to TSMC? Why would they not just spitballing here, cut checks to a joint venture between AMD and TSMC? They just want the best chips to compete with China. Right. They don't care if it says Intel. That's just the easiest thing to keep funding right now. No, they. well, I think also they, they want it built here and they also want, you know, to have oversight of it, which is the mm-hmm. reason why you build it here, right? So, um could a joint AMD TSMC in theory work? Would that satisfy the U.S. government? I, you know, hopefully. Yeah, I, I guess I could see it. It just feels like we're getting into speculation territory that here. Though. Pure spec. Yeah, and the thing to the community is like, God, that's just like a heavy ass lift. It feels like. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess if you're basically, you know, AMD TSMC, that's that's kind of different. But um, maybe. I mean, I could see it, right? I mean, it's I just think so it would funny. be like. Right. The only way you could think of it working is I think it would be a fab owned by AMD, an American company. So the U.S. government could have oversight, but then it would have a joint technology venture with TSMC, right. similar to what Samsung had with Global Foundries or something like that. Right. Yeah. And then TSMC is like, yeah, we want the money. It just feels like any development, though, is like that is like and we're like a decade away from everything. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> let's be clear about that, too. That would be 
if Intel wasn't going on the right track and the government was like, we got to do something and that'd be a decade from now. We're not talking about next year, um, which let me then pivot back to like things that are happening um, in the short term. So Tatsuya Shiba writes in and he says, with the upcoming leaked layoffs for Intel, you think they'll have the right talent to continue with their ongoing projects. And I'm bringing up that report from Bloomberg. And I, I talked to, and Pat in his Q&A actually with the, employees on friday said that they're that the layoffs are coming so like that's pretty much confirmed now that it's gonna be a pretty wide-ranging thing like how do you feel about how much that could affect their competitiveness i mean i've got my own thoughts but what do you think uh you know i would i would expect them to be smart about you know the layoffs they're they've had them um they've had you know significant ones in the past too this one looks like it'll also be fairly significant but it's clear to me that pat wants to be yeah we want to be here we're not again he's not going to take the misadventures previous execs have there and they mm-hmm. they understand like we can't like oh let's gut the cpu division now you, you, no like that, <laughs> I, don't I don't think expect that no. to happen <laughs> so no i don't i don't think it's going to make that much of a difference as as far as that i hope you know again we all say this, but <laughs> we've also all worked at companies like, what? Why did you? This makes zero sense. Like, we've all been there. I just don't think. I don't, I don't I think just, Pat's dumb, though, right? Well, yeah. or I don't think he's the type of person that would do something like it's, that. You I know, say. it's kind of funny. Don't you think it's really interesting now that we have gone? Like, if I say Jensen, everybody knows who Jensen is. If I say Lisa, mm-hmm. everybody knows who Lisa is. Before Pat, do you even remember how to pronounce his name? It was like, or the person before him, you know, it's just like, we are like, that's a fair point. Like no one really paid any attention to those CPU uh, CEOs. The funny thing is though, is how much of that is a sign of the times where we have these weird, like Elon Musk, Tim, you know, Tim, like, like cult cults of personality around anyone who runs a company. Um, and how much of that is they're more important. I would say it's because these people are more important. It's, but you know, yeah, and they're making the moves that I think everybody, you know, hey, you know what? People can criticize them all they want. It feels like, you know, you know, Pat Gelsinger is making moves that people, a lot of ex-Intel people I talked to were like, oh, it was awesome to get Pat back. But it was just like, people are, are happy with it out externally too, right? I mean, because, I mean, Brian Krasanich was a lot, there was a lot of dislike for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, drones and all that stuff came under him. And I, I just kind of like... It's very interesting that they have this, like, Pat. When you say Pat... You're right, though. This is the first time, like, Intel CEOs have been looked at in a similar way to, like, Jensen. So that's got to... It can't... I don't think that would mean a bad thing, right? Yeah. You know? So I I just think it's just so funny, like, oh, you know, now they have a... And they're... Previously, they have... uh, And they've had other CEOs that people have have liked as well. But I just kind of think, like, oh, when you say Pat, you know, Jensen and Lisa, you know who all three are now, right? So... Or, like, Tim Cook. Tim, you know who... Yeah, or me and Dan jokingly call him Tim Apple because the president <laughs> called him that in a meeting. We think it's hilarious, but um, a former president. Uh, but yeah, so it. I guess yeah. All I would say to actually answer Tetsuya's question is they're not going to cancel the team lead for Diamond Rapids or like guys unless he clearly wasn't doing a good job. Like they're going to gut the divisions that have failed, not and and the ones that they can't support anymore and i don't think any of those are the core products that we're looking forward to buying from like fishhawk falls or you know meteor lake and arrow lake um but to kind of start pivoting forward one thing that i want to say is like i think we just need to see like 
I think it's interesting to put things into perspective of where Intel is now relative to like NVIDIA versus AMD. Because when we talk about like what you need, it's like you want to see Intel consistently compete with AMD several gens in a row on the dates they said they would, launching products when they said they would. And then we'll start believing everything is probably going to happen like they say it will in the future. But I think people look at Alder Lake and they're like, oh, well, Intel's back. And I go, guys, I don't think Alder Lake tying AMD at some things, winning at others and losing at still a couple of things is the same as like what NVIDIA's managed to do to Radeon. It doesn't matter. In the past decade, NVIDIA always competes. It does not matter what they launch, what advantages AMD has. Maybe RDNA 2 is a little more efficient than Ampere. Although I can make the argument Ampere isn't as inefficient as people think, although it's certainly not as efficient as they said it was in the slides. But like, well, well, Ampere has better ray tracing. Ampere had the products. There's nothing AMD launches that NVIDIA can't launch something next to and make a good argument for it. I'd say I don't think we've seen Intel do stuff like that for a while, though, where it's like, no, we know what they launch is going to at least tie AMD. Yeah, no, I agree with you, because, you know, when I think back to the days of Intel dominance, it was dominance, right? They were Mm -hmm. just like blow everybody out of the water and you couldn't touch them. And honestly, what company does that right now where they blow everybody out of the water and you can't touch them? It's NVIDIA. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody, the Internet loves to hate NVIDIA, but. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you got to respect that they don't screw around. They don't get out of focus. They don't, whatever, you know, they execute and they do it well and they are hyper competitive. So, yeah, no, I mean, definitely there. I mean, like, I can't think I of think the- we need to see that from Intel before we start talking about a real resurgence. We need to see like three products in a row where it's just like, boom, no, we have an answer to Zen 5 right here, right now, yeah. not a year late. I see, but the thing is, I the reason why I would see I like the headline of my review of the of the twelfth gen for Alder Lake was like Intel is back, mm-hmm. and the reason is like, yeah, they're back because like they had set the bar so low before that. If you think about it, <laughs> it was just like they're just getting wiped out by Zen, Zen two, Zen threes, you know, and it's just like it was just ugly, 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 and the fact that they're at least in the conversation, and then honestly giving you more down at the lower, you know, those I-5s were just giving you more, you know, than, than AMD. It was like, that is like, you could honestly consider, you would, like most people like, yeah, you could buy Intel and feel better about it. And I was like, that had been a long, that had been gone for years, right? I mean, so to me, that like, that had made them better. And, you know, I also try to view everything from a, a consumer's point of view. A consumer's gonna, they're gonna buy one product they're not going to think about it. They're not, they're not really like the, the chip nerds that, oh, I'm going to talk about this process, that, or blah, blah. To me, it's just like, consumer just wants to know, am I buying something and it's good? And that to me is, but the fact that they had lowered the bar so much that to, again, yeah, there were definitely arguments for why Zen 3 was better on, you know, multi-core loads. I, I made them myself, but, you know, they had an advantage on lightly threaded and, and they were kind of like, pretty close to 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 5950x that was a win for intel <laughs> i mean is, yeah, it, but, is it the win they they had like where they before they were just like like core two or like oh yeah we're 40 percent faster than you everything right that's no but it's still but that's why i say intel's got to execute three gens in a row where they do yeah. the same thing alder lake did before we can say they're back and here's why i made this analogy in a video like a few months ago and i think you'll definitely be someone who can appreciate it you know what the name of Anantech's uh, Alder Lake review was? I think it was also We're Back. 
I mean, Intel's back. You know what yeah. it was? You know what other CPU got that uh, title uh, on Anantech? It was probably the Zen 1. Phenom 2. Oh, my AMD God. back when Phenom 2 launched? Uh, no, that was right before Bulldozer, actually. <laughs> that's my only argument is I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. It's just it was shocking. I found a really interesting analogy where I kept going back to website after website, and almost every Phenom 2 review was AMD's back, finally. And then Bulldozer launched. So that's why I say you can't just be back once. Yeah, no. I get well still so again this I think this is we're going to see what we get out of 13th gen. And if Meteor Lake is you know got at least close or, or I mean or has an advantage over competing AMD parts and you could say yeah, they then they hit 3, right? I mean but again this and I now remember his name that's just what Mark Papermaster said in his like mm-hmm. You know what? AMD, AMD's, you know, CTO, Mark Papermaster is like, they can't run away in process anymore. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, right? We'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, there's, you know, Meteor Lake has got some really, really advanced packaging stuff going on there. So maybe, but who knows? You know, again, I no longer give Intel the benefit of the doubt that I did 10 years ago. And I think that's fine, you know, because they have to prove that they can do it. But uh, at least they're in the ball game. Like, could you imagine if Alder Lake had come out and was like, oh, like people would have been like, oh, my God. That's why right. that's what I said. If if Alder Lake and Arc fail, I have no more faith. But Ar- Al- Alder Lake was good. Yeah, right? Alder Lake so. was good. Arc is, of course, you know, still a work in progress, it looks like. Mm-hmm. But. It's not the only car that's kind of a work in progress. I turned on the green lights. I want to get into this here. We have a few questions about it because it is recent news. What do you think about the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte being unlaunched, which I thought about it. I think the unlaunch name is so they can't quite admit to themselves they're canceling it. And also they're leaving room to launch it in the future if they ever really want to do. But um, what do you think about the 4080 12 gigabyte situation? Uh, You know, it was... Obviously, it was obviously very confusing when they originally launched, you know, because 4080 and 4080, like they're both 12 and 16 gig version. It was bizarre, even though there you could there was precedent, right? Because you had 3080 uh, 10 gig or what was it, 12 gig? And then you had like a 3080 original 10 gig version. And they were actually different, slightly different too, right? In the dies. But I think launching them both at the same time was really kind of like what that and the prices. Obviously, people got really pissed off. I am the kind of person, though, that when you are a company and you clearly have stepped on it and people are angry and you come out and say, whoa, okay, we're sorry. We're just, we're not going to do that or whatever. Like Apple, Apple, like, hey, you know, these butterfly keyboards were terrible, absolutely dismal failures. They kept doing it, doing it. And finally they said, okay, no more butterfly keyboard. That was a failure. I'm like, hey, that is like, I'm so glad you you are, you've found, you've, you've realized you've made a mistake and you're doing it right. There's a lot of people that I've talked to that have jumped on my head because like, oh, I wouldn't give them credit for anything. They shouldn't, they shouldn't, you know, you should like, they're still want to be angry about it. So I do think it is a good thing. They are going, yeah, this we've heard you. Of course, that's their public messaging. I want to hear your opinion on this because like, I think the public messaging is like, we've heard your anger. We're going, we're going to unlaunch this. Yeah, you're right. Could come out again later or could be rebranded 4070. We don't know. But I also wonder if it's just like all the partners said, look, we didn't anticipate how much 4090, the 40, the 4000 series would just simply crush our 3000 sales. 
is ain't nobody buying these thirty these thirty eighties right for seven hundred eight hundred dollars. I mean, I think it's um, I think it's a combination of a whole bunch of things. Um, I think Nvidia didn't hear gamers crying. I think they finally showed off that Plague's Tale F one benchmarks that actually showed the performance difference. And in a Plague's Tale, I believe the forty ninety was two point five times stronger than the. 40, 80, 12 gigabyte. And I think what NVIDIA heard is no wallets opening on. And then they were like, oh, no one might buy, like literally no one will buy this. Like who is buying a $900 3080? Because that's what it is. It's a $900 3080. uh, And that's unprecedented a performance difference between the top card and what they're calling an 80. So I think they realized truly that this was going to get rock bottom reviews. Like having said that, I the, the the overstock of Ampere situation is very real. I've been covering this pretty extensively. Like I continue to hear that they're worried the Ampere overstock situation could affect how they price Blackwell graphics cards. Like that they have truly a year's worth of Ampere. I know some people are arguing. I'm telling like I'm told they have warehouses of a year's worth of new Ampere cards still not sold and now used cards are hitting the market from miners. And I think that they realized they were going to get god-awful reviews, which I can get into what they were thinking with that card. Uh, But I've talked about it a lot recently. And then they said, you know what? This thing's going to do so bad in reviews, and all it's going to do at best is compete with the Ampere cards we're trying to sell. There's two good reasons for us to cancel this. And so I think that's what they did. Yeah, I. so like for me, you know, we've seen official reviews in 4090 yet. I... We haven't seen them on the other cards. Uh, I'm. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's going to be a thirty eighty until I see the numbers. I'm. I'm very. But Nvidia just put out benchmarks. Its own numbers said that. Yeah, but I guess I'd want to see the full, like full reviews, because you know Nvidia likes to present things in a way that's always favorable to themselves. I. Um, I don't know if. It, I mean, but again, it's like I don't know if it's necessarily the reviews. Or the oh the internet won because we told them not to launch it and they're not launching it. Or it's just like I, I just feel like they won't. They don't really have to th- worry about thirty eighties if all the thirty eighties were gone. But they're not gone, right? They're just not going, mm-hmm. and they're not going to go because like oh I want to wait for the next. I just kind of wonder if it really was the that forty series the forty ninety really kind of like oh damn right that thing really kind of like set people back like oh this thing is like it's a real deal. I kind of wonder if that, like, uh, after I saw those numbers, it's like, if you're going to try to sell me a 3080 for $700, I'm like, no way. I'm like, you need to cut that baby down to four fifty, five hundred dollars before it. Cause like, well, why would I, I, I just, I start, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I guess I just, I'm not, I don't know. Cause I don't, you know, I don't, again, I don't talk to a lot of people, all this other stuff, but I just kind of think like they, they, it's good that they did it, but I don't really know the reasons why. So, you know. Well, so this was the next thing I wanted to bring up then. Is it enough to cancel the 4080 12 gigabyte, in your opinion? Because I think the 4080 16 gig now needs to be 900. Because it doesn't really matter. Like, And if we're not sure what the performance is, well, I mean, the, look at the teraflops. The 4080 12 gigabyte is half the bus of the 4090, and it has less than half the teraflops. It will be half the performance, which is around a 3080. So I think what we have is I really do think NVIDIA did everything they could to not compete with Ampere. And 
I, I still don't really expect the 4080 16 gig to do that well. I really don't. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think everybody, I, I tend to think that, like, look at the 4090s. People lined up around the blocks for them, right? So nobody can get them. And everybody was saying, oh, no one's going to buy this card for $1,600. And like, no, they sell a lot of I thought they would. Because I, I, knew I it said was- it too, right? I'm, I'm with you. I was like, I knew people would like buy yeah. it because it's something new. And again, I think a lot of people really underestimate like, oh, it's brand new. I Because I will tell you, anybody shopping, they're going to want a 4080 over a 3080. Because no one wants that that lower number, right? So I just think I do think it would sell no matter what, no matter what the review said, it would it would sell out. I mean, even the original the original two thousand cards were really kind of everybody kind of dogged them. They still sold out really quickly. So I just think a lot of people don't think that hard. About it. <laughs> the reviews don't always kind of like believe me as a professional reviewer. A lot of people don't give a damn what we say, right? I mean... Well, let me ask the question I want to ask then, though. Although this fall has been insanely busy for most members of the Moore's Law is Dead team, there's one team member who's been allowed to take it quite easy recently, and... Well, unless you're Reesey, unless you're just a dog chilling on a fall afternoon, you could probably benefit from as little wasted time as possible. And you should probably then try Vite Ramen. Vite Ramen is a delicious American-crafted source of protein and nutrients that takes minutes to make without sacrificing taste. This includes their classic packages that make it easy to add protein and other ingredients of your choice while cooking, and their new Ramen Go packages that offer a healthy microwavable option for those who truly only have a 15-minute lunch break whether you're back in the office now or still just working from home bite ramen you'll never be too busy to eat and if you click the link in the description and use the offer code broken silicon you can save 10 percent off a variety of different products including special bundles for moore's law said fans raw nudes if you want to make up your own recipes and the bite go packages as well and other cooking utensils and products whatever you'd prefer using these offer codes really help support moore's law is dead tremendously and it gets you a good deal on a healthy, fast-to-making, tasty, reliable sponsor of Moore's Law is Dead. Try Vite Ramen today. Uh, Swiggles and Brett Summers, I combined their questions right in, and they say, hey, Tom and Gordon, the 4080 gigabyte is canceled. Do you think this is the first crack in the, fa- the facade of NVIDIA's prestige? With AMD hot on their heels, an exhausted consumer base, and a recession staring down at gamers, do you think we can finally get just a shred of sympathy for us pores, or at least more consumer-focused competition in future feature improvements as they begin to defend these factors? Do you guys think this is AMD's time to take market share and mind share? Do you think NVIDIA's damaged their mind share so that AMD can and left a big gap open with pricing? And will there be a backlash from gamers and the media around the 4060 16 gigabyte and in favor of AMD's RDNA 3 series? Uh, well, one, no. I, I don't think, you know, the reason why NVIDIA can annoy the hell out of the community, some in the community, is because they're just that good. They, we talked, you talked about this earlier. They like, when the hell they ever failed ever since in the last 15 years? I like, it's been a long time since they really kind of lost one. They are just good and being that good means you get to do what you want they are still no matter what you know amd's been making some good products they've never climbed up over what 20 percent, if that um Mm -hmm. they don't lose and as much as 
a lot of the hater voices kind of want to just dump on them. You can be that arrogant because you're that good. And that's, that's what happens. So I don't think it'll make any difference with the consumer backlash. Um, I do think though, there is a lot of opportunity for AMD to play against them right now. Cause that's what AMD does. They've been mm-hmm. playing underdog against Nvidia for a long time. And you know, their designs, maybe they can underprice them to, you know, play that really well. So there's a potential they could do really well. But <laughs> I will tell you at the end of the day, 24 months from now, NVIDIA will have like 80% market share. And just like, that's just, I don't think that really has changed. I, again, I'm not like I'm saying I'm rooting one way or the other, but reality has taught me branding really matters. Branding really matters. And people, they want NVIDIA. They don't want AMD. They don't want Intel, right? They want NVIDIA because like, oh, it's got, it's got GeForce experience. It's got the, everybody, all the streamers I know. It's just like, they really win. I think they'd really have to, screw up and have AMD surpass them in performance by a significant amount for them to really kind of like take a take a, a punch to the nose. But I don't see that happening with RDNA 3, even though it's going to have, I think they're going to play against the weaknesses of NVIDIA, but is it going to translate into more sales than suddenly AMD suddenly getting 80% of the market? I bet is highly doubtful because NVIDIA is... They're competitors. They're like, <laughs> I will tell you, they, when you, their competitors don't dog them, they're going like, oh yeah, NVIDIA. Like, oh, they're like, everybody's like, they speak with respect when they talk. There's two companies that you speak about respect. One is Apple. The other one is NVIDIA. So they, they know NVIDIA does not, they don't fuck around. Right. So that's basically, they, they know they have it. They got a lot to cut out to beat them. I mean, hell, this, this launch is like these, it's funny to think 4090 with without DisplayPort, you know, too, is kind of crazy. But which I actually hear RDNA three will have DisplayPort two point one, and it hasn't even been announced yet. Which I'm trying to confirm. Yeah, yeah. What that will mean, I haven't been able to yet. Um, I don't either. So, but I mean, but it's just so funny because I kind of like they just basically. I remember I asked them like, "Why aren't you using DisplayPort 2? And they're like, "Well, it was what was available." <laughs> it was like, so well, wait, you're I don't saying know if that's true. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I got it. Well, I know I'm not saying this, that's not what they told no. you. I'm saying I don't agree that that's what was available. We have DisplayPort 2.1 and RDNA 3. So, oh, no, it, I, I think they were saying that. Well, not 2.1, but 2.0. I think they were saying like they just, it was, it felt like, yeah, this thing has been sitting on the shelf so long that it wasn't, I don't, but I just, but again, I don't. Yeah, I know everybody really wants to see Nvidia fall because everybody wants to see the big the big one fall, right? You never nobody likes dynasties. I'm wearing this reason why I'm wearing this Golden State Warriors shirt. Nobody likes dynasties. Everybody wants to crap talk them. But um I don't see that happening. Like I would like I'm definitely not going to put any money on like, oh yeah, this is it. They're, they're and it's just because it's like it. you'd have to see it to believe it because even, and I'm sure like you've been around long enough that you remember, of course, like HD 4000, HD 5000, 7970. There's been times where AMD had just the 290X beat the Titan that AMD's won and it never really seemed to help their market share. So are you coming from that perspective? Like it's not that you're counting out AMD. It's just you'd have to see anything right. like yeah. work. You no, know? And, I, and, and it's just unfortunate because, you know. I've had a lot of people go like, oh, you know, for Zen, it was like, yeah, you know, this is a, you should buy the CPU over, say, you know, Coffee Lake, right? And they were like, I buy, I'm going to buy Intel because Intel makes me feel good, right? They know <laughs> Intel's always worked for me. 
but that's not working anymore. That didn't solve Alder Lake. So I my my overall argument is it can happen to Nvidia. We're just we're just not there yet. It needs AMD needs to win multiple times for it to happen. Yeah, we take sustained wins, right? I mean, yeah, clearly Zen one was yeah a little rough. Zen two was better. Zen three was like oh right. So I mean. It took, but it took many generations of wins, clearer wins too, right? I mean, they were just mm-hmm. like over 10th gen, over 11th gen was like not even a contest. So it would take that kind of dominance, I feel like, for AMD to, and I just, it's hard for me to see AMD doing that. Although, again, AMD will play against the weaknesses of, of NVIDIA. I mean, I'm going to guess NVIDIA is in a worse position with inventory than, than AMD because there just mm-hmm. weren't as many a AMD cards out there. Though right? AMD has so, issues, you know, everyone's issues, struggling. But, but don't you think like they can like, they can really play against the fact that NVIDIA can't come down and cut, you know, they just got to get rid of those 3000 cards are just like, well, a, and that was right. That was a fa- That was an interesting thing. James Pryor said, which his job at AMD was to segment products. So I was like, I know you don't work there anymore, James, but come on. What would you, if you're in the boardroom, what do you, what would you be telling them to do? And he interestingly said, I would make the 7,900X $1,000 again. And I would make the 7,800X like 700 or 800 again. Or not again, but so that's a price increase for the 7,800X over the 6,800X. And you'd say, hey, it's five nanometer, it's multiple chiplets. Guys, this, this costs more to make. What do you want from us? But, then you'd say still a thousand for the 7900 XT. And by the way, it almost matches or matches the 4090 because trust us, we're making enough money at a grand. And I think if they did that, well, let me ask you, because I was writing the cell you were talking, like kind of what the lineup would be. If, and this is kind of what I'm starting to suspect is going to happen, by the way. If Amy had a 7900 XT for a grand that was between 300 and 350 watts, and was about 4090 in raster. So again, I think, again, kind of similar to last gen. Maybe they win 1080p. Maybe they win 1440p. Maybe they lose 4K against the 4090. Uh, but then in ray tracing, they lose. I, I do hear the ray tracing is going to be like way, way, way better, but not as good as Lovelace. So let's say the ray tracing is like over double, easily over double what RDNA 2 was, but it's like, I don't know, right? 20 to 30% behind Lovelace. But it's a grand. They basically match them in raster depending on the resolution. They use less energy. They lose ray tracing a little bit for just a grand, which keep in mind what that would mean. It would still probably match or beat the 4080 at ray tracing and destroy it in raster. And they'd probably have some $700, $800 card that is the cut down configuration that, again, probably might be the four, the cut down one might be the 4080 for 800 bucks or something. Do you think that would be enough if they could supply enough supply, which the, was a huge problem with RDNA 2, they couldn't, um, to take market share? Because that's $600 less than the 4090. It's more efficient. And I think this will be an important factor. It fits in your freaking case, like that type of thing. Like, do you think that would be enough to finally like take a blow in market share here or not? Yeah, I would. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to help them move more cards than it has before. I mean, pr- I mean price is what everybody pays attention to so it should help i i don't again think it's gonna like oh we're gonna wipe out 4090 because you know nvidia will push you know we've got all these advanced features and all this other stuff and that does appeal to some people but you know it isn't that kind of somewhat similar to salt what we saw with 6000 though you know was like yeah you know we're giving you better raster better price did they ever get of over 20%? So it's just tough. It's just tough to see it actually, you know, again, if I were, I'm, you know, if I'm AMD, 
I will say the, and I'm a bean counter at AMD. I'm going to say, you know what? Let's make money. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like money. Shareholders like money. Let's make money. There's no reason to cut our throats. This is a good chance to make. And again, well, and that's why TSMC isn't giving us get good prices on the stuff. You know, uh, I do. I do think they're getting better prices than Nvidia, though. Um, and remember, it's uh, it's six nanometer for half of the silicon, and then five nanometer. So it is cheaper. It is yeah. cheaper to make than Lovelace. I mean, I guess I, I I almost always would agree with that. It's just I feel like Nvidia really just. The 4090s at the lower end of the pricing, I literally the exact number that I was told the lowest price it could be. The 4080, I, I don't, th- I think everyone expected that to be a grand. I 1200 is just this. People will compare this to Turing, but this is, I don't know. I, I, I just wonder if they really have left this opening where AMD walks over and they're like, 4090 performance, it fits in your case, a thousand dollars. Then they come out with another one, better than 4080 performance, it fits in your case, it's 700. Like if there was any gen where that might work, I just wonder if it's this one. Yeah. But I, I and to be clear, I, I do share some of your apprehension to believing anything works against Nvidia right. because I've thought they had better products before and no one bought it. Yeah, and I yeah, I definitely think the opening is here because I mean, more so. I mean, people really look. I still interpret the prices that are launched, the launch prices of the four thousand series as especially the forty eighties. I really think a lot of that is just because they they couldn't sell it at a lower price because they've got and their Infinity's mm-hmm. huge problem is just that inventory, that excess inventory. That's just they can't do anything until that's gone. So yeah, if you're if you're AMD, yeah, now you, you play against it's that. It's a unique opening. Yeah, it's a unique know? opening. It'll you know, but you know, Jensen in his his Q, press Q and A, he was like, We think the situation should, you know, actually be in pretty good shape by the end of this year. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. You know, but, you know, publicly, remember, this is a publicly traded company and there are these things called lawyers and they like to sue you if you are not telling the truth. But and they did when they lied about mining profits before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, it just it comes down to I, I think if they can get rid of these 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 3000 parts, then they'll be in a better shape. But again, until until that happens, AMD, they got a good opening. I, I'm with you on there. I think they got a they got probably the best opening in a long time right here well and right i now. think they're going to do some pretty some pretty extreme things to get rid of stuff like i think there's already rumors circulating i haven't followed up on them but i've seen them out there that supposedly nvidia is going to disable rtx 3080 dies into 3070 ti configurations just so they can sell them with a cheaper board for below 600 so who knows i mean like i think it's totally conceivable and there's rumors about a 3068 gigabyte as well like it's totally conceivable that what Nvidia does is they disable 3080s into 3070 Ti's, and then drop the price to 500, and they disable 3070s into 3060s with eight gigabytes, so so a little better, and they drop that down to 300, and they just dump it. <laughs> like, and that would be a little hard to compete with too. But you know, one question I want to bring up here is from Kinahoon25, and he says, "Hey, Tom and Gordon." Do you think Nvidia will just rebrand the 4080 12 gigabyte to the 4070 for 700 or 650 or something? Do you think they expect the 7700 XT will beat it at 500 to 600, which as you stated, Tom launches in February? I don't remember being sure the 7700 XT is launched in February. Could it? I think that's the soonest I would expect it. But because again, AMD has to deal with the overstock situation as well. So I don't know why they'd launch a mid range card. But um, yeah, what do you think? I actually have some pictures of the 4070. I'm trying to find creative ways to leak those. 
what it looks like without, you know, burning some people. But so they have them. <laughs> like, let me just say that I've seen the pit. I've seen it. They have them. There's people holding them at NVIDIA right now. I just don't think they want to launch them yet. But do you think they cut it down at all? Or do you think they might literally just call what the 4080 was the 4070 and launch it for below 700? I would, you know, I would lean toward them renumbering, rebranding it, right? Because clearly that was what kind of like pissed people off. I would, I would think, but it, yeah, you're right. It comes down to what the competing parts are out there that they have to go against in price. Like, right. Cause they, if the 7,800 XT is 700, I don't think they can be above 600 then. I don't think maybe they can. They have, they have a lot of mind share, you know? Do you think they could still like lean on the fact that we've got better ray tracing and ray tracing is significantly better. And then they've got DLSS three and all these kind of, you know, all the advanced features. And then really do you need rasterization for 900 frames a second kind of thing? I mean, who cares? So it's interesting, like similar to Lovelace, when I talked to people, everyone, as far as a year and a half ago said, the exact raster performance we're seeing out of the 4090. But back then, no one was really sure about ray tracing. But of over time talking to people, because I couldn't get a firm number, is basically just asking engineers, what should it be? <laughs> you know, like, I guess you don't know. But and they said, like, theoretically, you should get at least a 25 to 50% increase in raster over rate and uh, ray tracing over raster, meaning you double ray tracing, you'll get between like, I mean, if you double raster performance, which they kind of did, then you're going to see 2.5 to 3x ray tracing, which we've seen. So that turned out pretty accurate. These types of conversations regarding RDNA 3 are kind of leading to like RDNA 3 at a minimum should have at least a, I think like, what was it? Like a 20% or more ray tracing increase over raster, just based on what I'm hearing about like the doubling of CUs per work or doubling of stream processors per work group and without getting into the details like if they tried nothing besides what we know about the design right now <laughs> we're talking about at least 2 to 2.5 times the ray tracing at that level that would place Navi 31 their top die at least I think around 40 80 12 gigabyte ray tracing and that's if they do nothing which I'm sure they are so I expect right Nvidia basically 2.5x ray tracing like 1.8x raster over ampere i think amd is going to probably close to 3x ray tracing and almost double raster which means they're making a bigger increase relative to their previous design than nvidia is but it's not going to catch up yet but that's still enough where i would think the 7800 xt would beat the 4070 in ray tracing i do i think it will you know how much i don't know i think i, I think there's almost no chance it loses though um, you know, which, you know, I'm sure everyone will be happy to send me this clip on Twitter if I'm wrong, but that's what it sounds like. So yeah, $700 card, maybe $800. If I was AMB, I'd be a bean counter and say this should be 800. You know, I don't think the 4070 is going to be able to beat it in ray tracing. Hmm. Sorry for the long winded answer, but I want no, to like, no, I mean, it, fully... I mean, you don't know until we got the, we got them in people's hands, you know, that's kind of the the problem of, of, of just kind of guessing here. And I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm always an outside observer on graphics cause, uh, I only do the, the CPU stuff, but I mean, I do think it's going to be a really good for consumers. And I do, I do think a little thing that's a little misplaced. I'm also just getting my soapbox here, but a lot of people are really angry about the new stuff being more expensive, which by the way, new things cost more. I do think, though, that they shouldn't 
be so off put that they go like, oh, I'm not going to do anything because this is really going to be an awesome time to build a gaming computer, right? I mean, oh, yeah, especially quarter one, I think. I mean, it's going to be really, we're looking at like the best time ever, especially after coming off, you know, historic worst time ever. It's going to be like, you are just going to be feasting on graphics cards performance at the lowest possible time, at the lowest, um, a dollar that you can get than we probably will have ever seen. Of course, mm-hmm. you have to have a job, and hopefully people are going to have their jobs going into the next year, <laughs> but that's a drag on it. But I do think like people are like, oh, all pissed off over, I can't get this. It's like, yeah, you, okay, so you can get your 4080, but you're going to be able to get 3080s, 3070Ti's for really, really good. And the same thing with the AMD parts too, right? They're just, the prices are just going to be awesome. So well, I, you know, the, I wouldn't complain about that. The funny thing is, is now that I'm thinking about it with you here, I think a lot of the 4070 pricing depends on if they're ever willing to lower 4080 costs because my understanding, and in, and they, they basically admitted it because they're talking about how the 4090 can push 600 watts if you want to. So clearly, look at the size of these coolers. I really do think NVIDIA was going to launch it with two BIOSes. One of them will be 600 watts. One of them will be 450. And they said, this is stupid. Cancel the 600 watt one. And I think that they were going to launch the 4080 16 gigabyte at 350 to 400 watts. I do. The other, I don't know why else they'd be using that giant triple slot founders for the 4080. It doesn't make any sense to use that on something that pulls the same energy as a 3080. It doesn't make any sense at all. So I think that there's a chance what we might see from an NVIDIA reaction because all these expensive coolers and boards, the VRMs, these cost money. I almost wonder if like they're going to do a soft reboot eventually where they're like, this is the 4090E. This is the 4080E. This is the 4080 that uses 300 watts and the cooler is half as big and costs half as much. And now it's a thousand or less. This is the 4090E. It's 1400 or less because we're not way over building it to use 600 watts. That's what I kind of wonder if that's what they're going to do because I think they need to launch uh, some version of the 4080 at a thousand if they're going to make the 4070 600 because I don't know if we've ever seen a 70 class card launch at half the price of the 4080, which is. That's a, they've just gone so over the moon with pricing with the 4080 that that's that's what I wonder. Yeah, no, it is crazy. That spread is is pretty gigantic. Or or is this kind of what he said is like you know what this ain't nothing getting cheaper. You know we're you're paying for leading edge. Nothing is getting cheaper anywhere. I kind of wonder if like maybe 4070 will just be <laughs> way more expensive than people are used to paying for 4070 class card. Well, and there's also the option that they don't need to do anything officially. They just tell AIB makers, hey, uh, you don't need to use these 500-watt coolers for a 300-watt card. And we just see some newer two-slot 4080s start dropping that are like 1,000 or less. They let the 4070 be 600. And I think there's a very... Because from what I've heard, Lovelace is capable of running GDDR7, which if that ends up to be true, that'd be fascinating if they support GDDR7 and not DisplayPort 2.0. But like, it, I could totally see a Fermi like situation where they're like, we kind of like didn't think this out. We're gonna launch the forty seventy at six hundred, kind of like if I remember correctly, they launched the forty sixty. Just, I mean, the four sixty. Just so funny going and just adding a ten. They launched the four sixty using the top die, really cut down at a way lower price than the four eighty to my memory, right? And everyone loved the four sixty. And then they launched the 500 series less than a year after the 400. And they're like, now the lineup makes sense. I do almost wonder if that's a better move. Like they're NVIDIA. They need to get rid of Ampere stock. 
what if they just don't care? They don't care if they have bad next-gen sales for six months and they just launch a 5,000 series where everything is where it needs to be because Ampere's finally sold out. That's another thing I've been thinking about. No, I, I can see that too. I, I'm just trying to think back to the 460. I know, so <laughs> I long remember. ago. That was a long time ago, so. I, well, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, and l- I don't want to cut you off, but then let me let me just throw one more NVIDIA question out there then as we start getting towards the end of this. Um, Robos writes in and he says, is NVIDIA using AI as a bridge for raw raster performance and ray tracing in DLSS 3? Or are fake frames at high frame rates here to stay? Will DLSS 3 die off when raw performance replaces it if we keep getting these types of performance upgrades Jennifer Jennifer over the next few years? And if so, is the die space allocated to AI features really just being repurposed in new ways every gen to make use of that die space that's used for AI features. So I guess that's, I guess that's what he's kind of asking. Cause I think that's a fair argument too. Like people are like, look at DLSS three. And I'm like, I don't know, look at the 4090 run 4k at 200 frames without it. Do you even need it? Yeah. I, I just think though that that's, this is the path forward there. There, the philosophy NVIDIA is taking is, you know, they obviously believe in AI and they believe that is the future. So I, I don't think this is simply to make up for lack of rasterization um, power. I think it really is. Their philosophy is, you know what? We are at the limits of what we can get out of Silicon, right? I mean, Moore's Law, again, Jensen agrees. Moore's Law is dead. And you're not going to be able to just simply, you know, push clocks and process down to get more performance. You got to get it somewhere else. So AI is the path forward. I think they've, you know, I think they've said that in their briefing, in fact, where they just kind of think, yeah, DLS is three. They're, they're quite, they're quite impressed with it. And even though there's, it's not perfect, but it is still pretty impressive for a 1.0 product. Even though it's got DLS is three, if you think about it, it is just 1.0. And if you think back to DLS as 1.0, right, that was, it was horrible. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I thought it was just horrible at first, but, <clears throat> but I mean, it got better, right? So I kind of think it's going to get better. Because, but they well, so that's interesting, right? Because I think DLSS three, like the hardware unboxed review I watched, they basically said the artifacts are too much unless you're you can run the native frame rate you're using it on it like eighty hertz or more. And so basically, he said DLSS three is for people that have a two forty hertz monitor and don't play competitive gaming. And I'm like, hmm, that seems like a zero percent of people uh, play at two forty hertz who don't want to be competitive. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, who does that? But, you know, it's, I was talking to Dan, the usual co-host of the news episode, and I was like, you know what, though? He did say it worked really well in, like, Flight Simulator. Who's to say that, like, in three years, we won't have 480 hertz monitors that are far more standard? Who's to say that 240 hertz won't, won't be more commonplace? And who's to say, like, they, they, they force you to use um, the low latency thing uh, uh reflex, reflex. Yeah. yeah they force you to use reflex with dlss3 reflex throws out frames basically from what i hear that don't match up to lower latency when necessary who's to say they couldn't work on their algorithm better in those frames that have the artifacts they throw those out and that also helps alleviate the latency issue they have with dlss3 and they fix facing who's to say in three years 240 hertz monitors are more common and they actually do improve the latency and the artifacting issue to the point where AMD better have an answer to DLSS three. I know it sucks now, but I am I am honestly thinking I could see it getting to a point where it actually is very impressive in three years. Probably not for all games, but maybe half of them, and that's still a huge feature. Right, and it's a big advantage over 
AMD and Intel, right? So it is. it feels like that is the way that they think they can stay ahead of everybody. And mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think it's, this is a 1.0 product. And I think Hub, you know, Hardware and Box themselves, they said like, we consider 60 hertz panels to be slow, right? Mm-hmm. It's somewhat controversial. I think people were kind of like, well, what about consoles then? It's like, are you kidding? And consoles were, support 120 hertz now. So I would say you're slower than consoles if you're at 60 hertz. Yeah, but you know, games. good luck pushing 120 frames a second out of a console. So I, but I think they're, they're they do, though. Like, I, I have. I play Borderlands 3. It's locked really? in 20. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm like, just, the problem this is isn't I'm, a defense of consoles. This is me reminding people. Guys, you're falling behind consoles if you're at 60 hertz. <laughs> I'm a I'm a PCMR guy, so I just like you know you, any chance you can take to bag on consoles. But I I just think that yeah, 60 hertz is really horribly slow for gaming. So yeah, you got you got 240 is we're 480s out right now, so they've got 480, and we're gonna they're pushing on. They want to get to a thousand hertz right for panels, so it's gonna keep going. Yeah, and I think this is something that could pay off for them soon against AMD and Intel. Speaking of Intel, I don't know how much you want to spend on this, but there was one final subject on the script. I I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Maybe you don't. And we've already been going pretty long, so let me know if there's a timeout here. Um, Let me. I mean, I'll just ask: Are you disappointed in Intel Alchemist so far? You know, like let's let's talk about this at least a little bit because we did actually get quite a bit of reader mails about it in the comments. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody's disappointed because we feel like if you had released this 12 months before, things would have been fine. So how could you not be disappointed by the release of the, of it? Yeah. Uh, performance is, yeah, it's pretty rough. But, you know, I sort of think it's like, you know what? They got the plane off the ground, but, you know, there's like maybe one landing gear that's not going to retract and it's kind of like sputtering a little bit, but it's off the ground and it's 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 gaining altitude. But got off the ground and started to lose altitude, you got to be afraid. But I think it's actually, I think it is, a, I would say it was a successful launch. It got off the pad and it didn't explode off the pad, right? So I, I think that is the good thing. But yeah, <laughs> everybody wanted to see it 12 to 14 months ago. So yeah, there's no way around that. What would you say is successful about this launch, though? Because I've been talking to retailers. It didn't even go on sale on Amazon. Yeah, They sold three at a few stores at Best Buy. It, there's less stock on Newegg than the 4090. And in fact, if you go to Amazon bestsellers, Alchemist isn't there. And the 4090s, one of yeah. them is, I think, the fourth best-selling GPU, which is crazy for a $1,600 card, um, especially when like not even half the volumes hit markets yet. So I don't... I, I have to say, I don't agree this is a successful launch. They haven't sold any cards. <laughs> well, look, so the thing is, like, Adam, um, you know, our video producer, he was trying to buy a 760 card. He put it in the cart, added it to go check out, and they got, he bought it, and the email says, oh, actually, you're not getting this card. It's like, what? <laughs> and he went back and he bought it again. It's like, they let him buy it on Newegg, and then he went back, and then he's like, sorry, this card. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, and I had forty nineties in my cart uh, for hours. The, the, yeah. Those things were in stock. And oh yeah, I was talking to Brett at UFD Tech. Know. He went to Micro Center. He said that like a hundred forty nineties at the Micro Center near his house. So and no Alchemist. <laughs> no. So yeah. So yeah. Again, but how can we call this a launch? Well, because it's, not out. it's technically off the ground. People are people are starting. They're slowly coming out, but again, it got off the ground. 
if this was an AMD or NVIDIA launch, people would be raising pitchforks in the street. Intel makes more revenue per year than both of these companies combined, and yet we're acting like they're a scrappy underdog. Well, because they are a scrappy underdog. <laughs> they make $80 billion a year in revenue. Yeah, how much? I mean, you can say that, but there's... No, I. Like it's they funny because they make I know more we, than AMD and Nvidia combined yeah. times two, and yeah, I I agree. They make a ton of money. They've got whatever they've got, they're ten x the size of AMD, <laughs> and that's an underdog. But if you don't think that the Arc is not an underdog in this game, I I you know it is definitely. I don't give like honestly like Arc came out. Brad reviewed it and is like yeah, it was like no one should buy this card. Yeah. I mean, and like I moderated that. I was like, yeah, am I going to recommend that any kid buy this card? Hell no. Like, am I going to tell my friends, my sons and daughters' kids to buy this card for their first gaming PC? It's like, no, absolutely not. Go buy NVIDIA, go buy AMD because you know they're there and you know they work. Right. But so, so is it a successful launch or are we all just hoping if we pretend it is, it will become one? Well, no, because it's one of those things like, if this thing, well, you also have to factor in this is going to go into pre-built. So it's going to be bundled with stuff. And what is a it launch? It can't pass validation at Dell. It will or, eventually, but that's it why will it's eventually. Not there and you know, we we I was funny. We talk about it on our podcast. It's like because Elena was like, "Well, it'll get bundled." It's like, yeah. If I'm Dell, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not putting this in until you fix these driver issues, right? So, but it, it will get there. And again, like I said, I I think it very much is. The plane got off the the it got off the runway. I guess in my book, it is a successful, barely getting off the ground. The fact that they even have it on a website and you're going to eventually be able to buy it, but again, they are the underdog by definition because but they have no idea how to do this. Right? What if this is it? What if what we're seeing this week is what we see in volume this year? Uh, Would I don't you change your opinion in a month? I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's. I guess what I'd have to do is I'd. Like I, I want to see, I mean, are they even going to break it out? And they're are they going to break it out in their public reports? I, I doubt it. It probably will not be broken out. But if we start to see it, you know, show up in OEM boxes and bundled, and we see it out there, then yeah. But yeah, no, I, I guess this really kind of comes down to the question, you know, that you're involved with intimately. You're sort of wrapped up as like, is Arc dead? Effectively mm-hmm. dead? Do you think? Then I think it's. You know, I, I, well, uh, let me say one thing before you continue that. Yeah. I want to be very clear. I broke the story and the story's still evolving and we won't know for six months. Like, let's be clear about this, you know, because a lot of things you're saying is like the plane took off once we we're able to buy it. What if we're not? <laughs> like, I'm saying, I think a lot of people are counting chickens that have not hatched. And I've been, my whole point is, I don't know if they're hatching guys. And I think there's this w- hope. If we pretend it's hatching, it is. But you just said it yourself. Hundreds of 4090s at Micro Center. No ARC. From what yeah. I've heard, they got five at one I talked to. That's it. And they just got another 14090s. My understanding is there's probably going to be like another shipment of ARC. And again, this first shipment was like a handful of cards. Like another handful in about a week or two. I don't know that anything's coming after that. Like, well, would that really convince you if that's all that came out from Alchemist? I mean, if they if you're telling me that you're talking about handfuls of cards being sold, period. And I don't mean obviously not. I don't. But again, right. I don't. When have, I say handfuls, I mean like I could hold them. <laughs> that yeah, way. no. I mean, yeah, no. That is that is not by definition. But I guess I'm saying 
I'm willing to go like, you know what, this is not going to happen overnight. And the fact that for some reason, Newegg thought they could sell A760s to people, but then they screwed up and they couldn't ship them. A770s, yeah. No, I think it was a. I think our Adam was trying to buy a, he's a, he's the 750 card, right? He was trying, he's to, trying buy to save you from the comments because you know there'll be a hundred yeah, yeah. comments that are like, "Oh my God, you're off by 20. Ah, whatever. It's pretty close. Pretty close. You were they're going to say you're off by ten now. I just think that yeah, no, clearly it is is a problem if they don't ship more than handfuls. But I just honestly think that this is like, <laughs> should I be surprised that Intel can't even get the damn cards to retailers when the drivers are in the shape they're in? You know, I think there's, again, there's more leeway for this. Like, it, we'll see. Like, again, in three months, if, like, you cannot go out and buy a 770 or a 750 card, period, and you were never able to buy any, we will revisit that. That will be a serious, serious discussion. But, again, I don't, I can't look into the future. I I don't know. I don't really know what is behind the fact that you, you can add the card to your cart, buy it, and then they say they cancel it. I don't know what's behind that. So, but I just think like, yeah, all indications are they are selling these things, <laughs> and they're they're selling them as successfully as they are updating the you know as the drivers are 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 stapled together at this point. It looks like so. I'm I'm not too surprised. <laughs> Well, so here's a scary thought too, though, or, or not really a scary thought so much as I think a window into like where I'm coming from on the whole stock thing. Um, I've been saying all year that the production documents I saw said that they made these in late, I think it was late January through early March. And I've been, and everyone's like, that's when they made 4 million cards. The 4 million Raja talked about, that's when they made them. Gamers Nexus tore down an A770 and it said made February 20th. And I was like, everything they're selling right now has been sitting in a warehouse since quarter one. From what I've heard from multiple people is there are no plans to do another run of cards. So to put 4 million in perspective, AMD and NVIDIA sell like 20 million a quarter? Like that's nuts. Like 4 million is nothing. So I just think we may have to consider that what we're seeing is stuff that they've been trickling out. And I, and I don't know how many of these cards are the A380, right, versus the A770. Like, if I were to guess out of 4 million cards, at least half of them are the smaller one. So I, I just think it may be worth considering they really haven't made almost any. And why would you make a whole lot of them, by the way, when NVIDIA's got a year's worth of Ampere cards on the market right. you already can't compete with? Because Intel's job is not to find interesting ways to lose money. It's bad business to sell a bunch of cards that cost as much to make as a 3070 Ti and are being sold for 3050 prices. No, I, but you know, I, but again, so like if there's really 4 million cards, that's more than a handful, right? So what the hell they can't, why the hell they can't get those cards out into on a store shelves and into boxes? I don't know what that issue is, but if they got 4 million of these things, but that's, that's not. It's not a lot when Nvidia sell, when an AMD even sells like five million a month or something. Or yeah, but I mean nothing. it's you're but again they obviously they probably said like oh man it's like this sucks let's not we're like this is like we are in, heading to a headwind you know we're late we don't need another twenty five million of these things right and so. they need to meet the release goals they promised to their investors so they need so think again this four million cards this needs to be divided up which again is what like nvidia or something sells a month this needs to be divided up over a year 
into their laptop models, professional models, OEM models, do it yourself. Again, I just think there's a chance they may have only this many to sell to do it yourself that it may feel like there's almost none. And I don't hear they're ever going to make more. So this might be a gasp and then they're done. Do you really, I, see, do you really believe that? Yes. So, you, I mean, that's, I mean, that, cause that gets to the crux of the. the well, let me here. ask you a question though. If you're Pat, these cost as much to make as a 3070 Ti and you're selling them at cost. Do you tell, do you order more dyes from TSMC or do you put that money into Granite Rapids development? Well, because Nvidia's run, Intel's running out of money. This is not an endless amount of money anymore. Yeah, I. But I think you have to look at that. Is the question is, but like, would you do that? I'm saying I don't know what they're like. Let's pretend we don't know what they're really doing. Would you order more? Well, you know, it's funny because you know at their at Intel Innovation, Pat said like, look, my dream was when I left Intel. One of the things I left on the table was we need to make a discrete graphics card, right? And mm -hmm. that's what he said, like, hey, we're doing that now. So, and that seems clear in the fact that, you know, he had that, that card delivered to him by Raja is like, again, another uh, symbol of the fact that there is there's at least does, one. He does appear to believe in it. He does appear to believe in it. And, and he publicly stated that, like, look, we, this is what I would always wanted to do. And it's, I, and the question is, if I'm Pat, if I'm Pat Gelsinger, and I go all the way back to I-740. I don't remember if he was... Yeah, it was probably around for I-740. I think he's but mentioned that specifically before. If you go yeah. all the way back to I-740, you come out, and I will tell you, at the time, everybody said, oh my God, Intel. Intel, the gold standard of CPUs, is getting into discrete graphics. Let me tell you, everybody said that is the end for ATI, 3DFX, NVIDIA, all these other, yeah, you know, like all the, the dozen of different graphics card vendors of that time. I seven because you know, you don't you don't bet against Intel. You don't, you're gonna lose, right? I740 was essentially not great. It was okay. They did okay in the OEMs, but I mean, they were rapidly, you know, overtaken by ATI and NVIDIA and Matrox and all the other the, they basically gave up uh, after i seven fifty two. They they took the core of i seven forty and they threw it into the eight ten chipset, which basically, in a way, I would argue, ruined PC gaming for a lot of people because you basically had a graphics. You had this display chip integrated into the chipset. You could not even play any games on, and that was basically what the base PC that was sold to everybody in the you know the early two thousands, late nineties, right? So, if you can go back in time and you say, like, you know what, we really blew it with I seven forty. Let's just let's just take the ball and go home. If they had said, like, you know what, there's a future in graphics. There's a future in in parallel. We we if we just give up here, we are going to be giving up huge opportunities. You know, mm -hmm. I I would think though, yeah, uh, it's easy to give up because you think there's like we're not going to win. I mean, look at forty, look at Nvidia. <laughs> nobody thinks Intel is going to beat NVIDIA anytime soon. And it's really easy to think, let's just give up. But they gave up back then. And they're in this predicament now, I think, because they gave up back then. If they just said, let's just keep pushing forward. They, would NVIDIA be the dominating fact, dominant, you know, vendor in data center for graphics today? If Intel had just not given up in, in the late 90s? 
I, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot to be said for it. And I don't know. I mean, that comes down to can Intel survive without graphics? In the, well, the, they're not giving up on graphics, though. No one include, and I keep having yeah, in mind. Yeah, you like said that yourself this. too, right? Because you think data centers. That's. I think a lot of people misattributed what you've said to saying that. Oh, they're they're done. They're going to give up everything, and that's not what you said. Well, no, and actually, before this recording, I was like, you know what? I almost feel like I'm getting gaslit by these so much that I have to like rewatch my own video because they're like, it's like they put so many words in my mouth. I rewatch my video. What I said is there will be a low-volume Alchemist launch that will be weird, and they will be hard to get. That has happened. I said after that, they will effectively stop selling Alchemist by next year. And then that's going to be it for high-end discrete for years. That is what I'm saying is going to happen. I'm not saying they won't launch a little laptop Battle Mage card. I'm saying uh, there's... I'm like There is no high-end Battle Mage die in development anymore. I'm telling you. There's so what I, what I what I'm saying is you're you getting the classic people read the headline and that's it because arc is which even the headline said discrete effectively <laughs> you yeah know? I know but you know it's the classic nobody ever watches your whole video and they just simply oh what you know and they and I run. made that one shorter on purpose you know to try they, to make they it ran away with it and you didn't say that and and that's the thing is like again I don't know what the future is I don't really sort of poke around at all these things but I I'm not sure. Again, I don't know. I again, I I have no, <laughs> I got, I got no. Uh, I don't really. I can go one way or the other. Um, you know, you're clearly. You think that this is the end, right? Battle. We're not going to see I battle think for at least the next desktop. Well, I mean, you know, I almost argue we've barely seen Alchemist in discrete, and right. they said it no. launched in quarter one. But you know, I, I would say in terms of like an enthusiast desktop card, no, at least right now. They don't, they're not even working on one, so how they're going to pull that out in one year, I don't know. Well, but. see, I'm, I mean, that's I mean, this is the problem though. Is you know, we had Usman on our uh, podcast recently, and you know, he he's talked to people, and he said the opposite, right? So, and and it, this is the problem with when you we work with sourcing that you can't identify, and we know why you can't identify it because those people get fired, and then they get sued, which is worse than being fired, right? You, we have to rely on the reporters. You, you're a reporter here. Usman's a reporter. There's other people that are covering this. I feel embarrassed to be called a reporter, but I'm not well, sure if it's because I you don't are. want to be called that or because I, I, I worry like that the bars move to a level where now I am called a reporter. But well, yeah. I just, it is essentially people are relying on what mm-hmm. you're saying. And I, I think this is the thing is like, you are putting your reputation on it, right? So if we don't see Battle Mage and the Arc, you still can't buy an. Well, you're going to see three. Battle Mage. They're going to have to launch something and call it Battle Mage. But I mean, on investors, right? On I desktop. mean, if they do, it's not going to be high end, you know. So I just kind of think it's tough because it. I don't know. I, I and, don't and know. Keep what in mind, uh, Battle Mage is targeting like a lo- one low end eye. Uh, like first half of 2024. So that's what I'm saying is like when people are like, let's start rooting for Ark. It's like, all right, well, you can't even buy Alchemist. You're not going to be able to buy Alchemist. And Battle Mage at best launches a low end product. 2024. Is this really? And is this really a third competitor? That That's my argument, you know? And my argument is, I don't think so. I don't think that looks like some NVIDIA killer. And in fact, no. the funny thing is, is you bring up their old, I know, i740. Yeah, that was when they should have doubled down on it, when they had the money. 
They don't yeah. have the money anymore. And that's why it's like anyone who told you to wait for Alchemist. And I was, go watch my videos from 2020. I was so excited about Alchemist. Oh, everybody you know, was, right? Everybody you know, got bought into the hype train. We all, I mean, and if you think about it, how stupid were we all to think like, yeah, you're going to come out and you're going to beat NVIDIA, who never loses. But in a couple of benchmarks, the top card did compete that I, I saw. So it's like, but as time went on, it became quarter one. And I was like, uh, where is it? And then all of a sudden, all the news became negative, And I was like, I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't, I don't think you should be waiting for Alchemist. And anyone told you to keep waiting? Well, you waited for like a $300, you know, something that's 20% more expensive than AMD's products that doesn't work. And, and anyone telling you to wait for high-end battle mage, it's going to end up being bad advice. That's my point. And all my job is to try to give gamers good advice. I'm telling you guys, it's effectively canceled if you want to make good decisions. Well, I, see that? I mean, I don't think, based on the reviews themselves, nobody was recommending that people buy it, right? Very, right, and, but and so many people said wait for Alchemist them. to save the market, and you didn't have to wait. Well, Told I you. mean, at the same time, it's just like, damn, you know, it's just like, God, have we just wound the clock? It was like, I think... You have to also remember, like, God, you know, there was like, we were in this, like, historic drought of graphics cards. I mean, I've never in my entire lifetime ever seen it as bad as it was. Like, that was just, that was like, that was like, that was like a thousand year GPU drought, right? And that was, and then people really, really wanted, like, something, anything. And then it just, like, the timing was so bad for it. Like, oh, my God, like, if you just could have pulled that in 12 months. It would have just changed everything. The narrative they would have sold so it. different. Yeah, I, even if they could have even charged warts. more for it. Well, even like, with all the warts, yeah, they could have actually charged like more for it, and it would have been you know now they're basically having to lower the price because of their market realities. Like they're, and at the same time, it's a still, you know, it it does at least uh, you know undercut Nvidia somewhat until we see thirty seventy Ti's get lower and lower i mean we'll see how yeah, we'll that, see. that goes right but you know i mean and then again you know we got to see the damn cards actually you can buy the things and you still can't buy them and it's it's, but it's I, almost I, november it's not quarter one but i just think like, the thing is like i i mean i don't know what to believe because i know you've talked to people and i you know it's funny when i was talking to uzman he was like it's entirely possible that we are and then of course the youtube comments took this like well no you're just basically both being nice it's like he basically said, like, look, it's entirely possible we're both right because everybody's talking to different sources and you are getting different information, right? What and I would say is people should just watch the, the video. <laughs> what I said is there will be a low-volume Alchemist launch. It won't help at all. That's what's happened. And then they're going to basically have no graphics cards next year effectively outside of their little token drops that they've been saving a little bit of those four million dies for for the like the Raptor like mobile launch, of course. And then after that, Battle Mage isn't until like mid 2024, maybe early if we're lucky. And it's not a high end card. So, and then I've already heard half of the celestial configurations are canceled. So this thing's on life support, and I don't consider any of this high end. You know, I guess to to go into like two people being right, it's like, well, I said discrete's effectively canceled unless they launch a high-end Battle Mage card next year. I, I think that's what I was telling people. You well, know? what's what's the definition of a high-end Battle Mage? Like, well, that's against a good point, you know, because in, <laughs> Intel's uh, 
I mean, by that point, it's going to be over a year old. You know, I mean, you would hope that they could launch something. They can't beat the, the they can't match the forty ninety, which they launched on the same day as. So it is competing with Lovelace, not Ampere. This is current gen now, and then it can't match the thirty ninety, and it can't match the twenty eighty Ti. That's what I consider enthusiasts. So not only can it not compete with enthusiasts, even though Intel's own charts say it's competing with enthusiasts, they can't compete with this last or the previous gen. We're three gens of enthusiasts they can't compete with. So will Intel try to call a Battle Mage card that loses to the 5060, a high-end card, let alone the 4060 possibly? I don't know what they're going to say. Like, But like, does that count in your mind? I don't. I don't consider... I don't consider 3050 performance enthusiasts, but they seem to think it is, is well, I guess what I would say. But I mean, I guess the, if they have to, if they even get something out that is 5060, would you consider that like a win or would you, I'm mean, so you would, I, I, a win I guess for who the problem, because there's a difference between it being a win for consumers and them being truthful, right? This fall, where you're trying to stay warm and avoid scary activation fees for Windows software, consider using CDKeyOffer.com. CDKeyOffer.com is a long-term sponsor of Moore's Law is Dead and its community for any time anyone in this community needs legitimate Windows keys and doesn't feel like paying excessive monopolistic licensing fees to get access to them. But that's not all they offer either. They also have great deals on play PlayStation, Steam, Origin, and Uplay keys, and physical products like gaming chairs and keyboards as well. They are always running sales, but make sure you use the best codes possible provided for the Moore's Laws Dead community. Use the link in the description or on screen, and then use the code BROKENSILICON to get 25% off. Windows codes or die shrink for 3% off everything else on the website. This really does help Moore's Laws Dead when you use these keys and click these links, and it helps you pay reasonable prices for products that let's face it you just kind of need sometimes and you don't want to overpay for go to cdkeyoffer.com today because they well, could launch something that's different than what they say they're going to and i'd still think that might be a win for us i guess the problem to me is i don't again i don't know what to believe at this point because i you know you're you're very sure your sources have said is over like this thing is on live support they're coming in they're 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 firing up the paddles that try to like resuscitate that heart. And then I also, you know, all the other people that I talked to that I have talked to people again, not me. Cause I'm like, well, what's going on here? What do you think? And they, everybody is absolutely sure that it is not over. It's interestingly, I mean, I could, but I don't know what the hell to believe at this point. It's kind of a problem. I don't, I don't know. Like to me, that's why, like I'm very much like I don't look too far over the horizon because I don't know if it's the crap that we're going to show up. I kind of like if we actually see the thing and that they're still going on, then to me is like that's when we get there. We people kind of want to cross five bridges before you even get there, and I I don't Which know is, what to think. You know, that's what I said. Like I think 20 minutes ago, the story's evolving. So for me to be sure what this will look like, and I had a follow up. Um, section of a video after that art cancellation leak I put out where I said, I want to be clear. I don't think any of this is going to be easy to follow. I think it's going to be full of misdirection. I mean, Intel said they would have cards selling in quarter one, and here we are in October. Like, if this is how messy the Alchemist launch looked, how messy do you guys think a half Battle Mage launch could look in 2024? 
Like, I don't know what Intel's going to do because I I can't fathom how they'll try to put a bow on this, but they're going to try. It's their job to try. So what I would say is what I expect to happen is Alchemist product to trickle out in low volume to the point that it really doesn't matter for the next six months and then it's gone. And then you're going to sit there and you're going to go, that was it? Where's Battle Mage? And then in 2024, they're going to launch some low-end card they'll try to call mid-range. And I'm going to say that does not count as a 50-70 competitor because it's losing to the 40-70. And it's probably losing to, well, I mean, who knows, right, where we'll be at at that point. But And then I think that's when they'll decide if uh, Celestial is coming out at all. Because basically what makes this so hard to cover is I'm not just talking to people like the decision makers, but I'm also talking to people working on these products. And they're like, yeah, we're not working on this top config anymore. And it seems like every month they cancel one of the Celestial or Battle Mage dies. So who's to say where we'll be at? But what I would hope for as a best case scenario is that Intel understands they really should have just launched one graphics card with Alchemist, that trying to do a full lineup was biting off way more than they can chew. And that if they understand that lesson, that what they should be doing then is launching one low-end card a year until their drivers are perfect and then trying to do a half a lineup even and then a full lineup because uh, man you don't build rome in a day like this is they need years to get their drivers on board and to waste money that they don't have trying to compete in a market that's oversaturated is bad business because when i think when people ask i hope they continue i feel like you're asking them to go out of business They've lost four hundred million dollars, or was a billion? You know, yeah. you know, I can't even keep track anymore of how much money AXG is losing this company, and I'm not going to ask Pat to go out of business well, just so that we can have a cheaper forty sixty. You know, the crazy thing about Intel scale <laughs> is, I remember they they basically gave everybody the smartwatch at IDF. And it was really cool. I think it was a basis smartwatch or whatever. And then they had to have a full recall on it because like somebody burned their, like the LEDs were burning people slightly, like <laughs> causing a slight pigment. They bought a company for smartwatches because, oh my God, the future of the piece, you know, nobody cares But it was the it. LEDs that did it, not the processor. It was LEDs, right? So it was okay. the LED that was, it was really cool because it would do real-time analysis. That's a lot of stuff that you're already seeing. You're now finally seeing, but this is years and years ago. They basically said, yeah, you know what? This ain't working. Uh, we're going to shut it down. I was like, shut it down. That was like, that was a quarter billion dollar uh, acquisition. Yeah, we're just going to, I swear to God, the amount of times like Intel has thrown away like how many billions or how many millions Obtained. is, I, it just yeah. happened. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why honestly, like, that's why I really, uh, like, honestly, I'm like, you know what, after canceling Optane, you've finally, you've gone this route forever and ever and ever and you've like, and you get there and like, you're going to finally give up now. You just, I mean, you know, at the same time, they, they basically said there was just no way this is never going to work out. Right. That's clearly what the answer was. It wasn't going to work out. I guess it fundamentally comes down. Can they do, can they proceed with just a data center product? And I'm not sure they can, because I think they want to sell a, a card to, to data center. I mean, cloud gaming. And can you do a cloud gaming part without, having the drivers can the work you know this just feels like this is just one of those they had to throw something overboard they threw optane overboard and I, i'm not so sure that they're ready to throw 
and again, I have no idea. I don't even, other than the body language of the people that I'm reading at the Intel Innovations, and believe me, the body language of everybody there was like, hell no, we're going forward. And that was everybody. No, that's they were funny. Like, that's not what I read on a lot of their body language. Well, I mean, but I was, I was, in fact, like when Raja answered that question, I was the one, I, Ian recorded it and I said, hey, I need you to go on the record. What, what's up with ARC? Is it, you know, these reports, it's gone. He basically essentially reiterated what, what he'd said in his tweet. But, you his know, tweet that said they're competing in enthusiast gaming right. this year. What and you good- have to remember, though, <laughs> at, for them at Raja's level, there's lawyers. There's like a lawyer lurking around every corner. They can't say shit. There's like, and like there are people ready to like to sue them if you go out a step of anything. And and to me, like his answer, yeah, was it like, oh yeah, hell no, they're wrong. But I will tell you that other people at that event was it was all you know full steam ahead. And that was what does that mean? Anything? Hell, I don't know. But I, I, but again, his answer to me only gave me confidence that something's severely wrong. Like it was just nothing but nervousness. And he's like, I better not say anything we'll get sued over because we're dangerously close to that. Well, but again, I mean, this is the, you know, the same thing is like, they all, they can't, they can't ever, you know, you can't answer it. And I think it's, you can, if you tell the truth, like you you say, ARC isn't coming out in quarter one, they could have done that. Crazy idea. I, I think the problem is the situation that they feel they're, they're into now with, this whole thing of this feedback loop is this intel is a company that notoriously will never comment on future products on future roadmaps because when you comment on future roadmaps and future products you're going to get your ass sued right because if if it goes off the rails you're going to get sued and so i think that that built in they really feel like they they how can they answer can they get can they you know can they get into a report that says arc is dead without like you can't, you can't, it's like answering, I think they, it would be the old answers, like, when did you stop beating your wife? Well, I was like, I never did, right? And like, well, you just kind of like, you're caught in this, like, I can't lose, I can't win, right? Because I, I think that's, that's kind of part of it. I, but but again, that's what I think that's what's so obvious, though, is the way they answer questions is they don't know what to say yet, because they know they're about to announce a lot of big changes. Are they going to come out and say, ARC is canceled? Of course, they're not going to just say that, that'd be financial suicide well people what want I, them to say that though right they want them to to like let's get let's get it on the let's get it on paper you just needed to say it right and they can't they can't answer that I, exactly I, which is what i'm you know it's like unfortunately i just have to accept that they're never going to answer anything in a satisfactory way period because it's not in their interest to and it's going to be a weird two years of seeing what actually comes out. And I think it's going to be mostly low end and at best mid range laptop products with the occasional launch on desktop, like this launch we're seeing now, where they can't even supply any graphics cards to Amazon, the biggest retailer. Well, I mean, again, it looks like it's like Adam was trying to buy a 750 on Newegg and it'll let you add it. And then, like, mm, can't, I don't know what the hell's up that, with that. But, you know, if they have 4 million of them, they got to do something with them, right? So I, I just don't, I don't know. I, what, so I guess the thing is, what exactly, because it sounds like originally if Ark, if we never saw Battle Mage discrete, it was over. No, and I said in that video, we were going to see Battle Mage in some form. In, I mean, on desktop, but you're, but you're saying, like, I guess what's your judge of, of when, when when are you going to clear this cloud of saying that they're that 
that arc is effectively dead. When do you think like when do you, when do you think like uh, you would say like that's uh, a sad answer. I don't think we'll be able to answer it for two years. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a problem too, right? I mean I don't like that, you know. <laughs> but I mean at that but I mean I I'm very much I very much am I don't I think who knows maybe they'll just admit it but I find that unlikely that they're going to do an optane level you know like gutting but AXG is not going anywhere they're going to keep making stuff and I think they're going to make some data center products and I think they're going to keep making or again and it's like I don't even know what that means I don't know what anything means over there anymore cuz nothing they do is obvious but I think that they're going to keep developing alchemist drivers for the cards they made in quarter 1 but aren't making anymore and then they're going to launch some low-end laptop card in 2024. And yes, will that mean that there's some $150, to, like $150 desktop battle mage that can't even compete with NVIDIA's mid-range? Maybe. I, I don't really consider that competing, though. I don't consider what Alchemist is competing, well, and I think it's going to be worse than what we're seeing now. I guess if your price... I mean, like, again, you know, the, <laughs> if the price is right, you know... <laughs> It's not. There are just better options from other vendors, right? It's it's a risk. Again, if you're you're somebody who wants to take that adventure because you like adventures, then maybe maybe it's right for you. But that's that's not most people. I I guess I'm just trying to figure out where. But again, like Intel's going to argue it wasn't canceled. You can't buy it on Amazon. Well, you can't. Why well, are we playing in La La Land here? Just walking around a circus of like misdirection, like. You can't buy it on Amazon. I think if <laughs> I think if, if within because clear. I mean, again, is there anything? I about don't this tell launch? consumers to go to a micro center to buy a card they can't buy and then pretend it's out. No, but, but I guess what I'm saying is again, like if there's anything here that Intel has done right on Arc, th- like this is actually sort of like oh, this is actually exactly how it should have come out <laughs> because you can't buy the card that is supposedly out, but it's like it'll turn out like yeah, it was on a boat that got like ran out of fuel or the or the or the or the propeller broke, right? And it just like it was just like some kind of like some they've cursed the hardware gods on this. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is if in two months you can buy this all day on Amazon and and Newegg, then that kind of changes it. If in two months you can't buy well, these damn launched, things, then well, Alchemist that launched is a in quarter one problem, though, right? Though, right? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but what I'm saying is when I talk about like Arc being effectively canceled, I'm not really interested in Alchemist. I mean, this boat's kind of sailed. Like this right. thing is I'm talking about Battle Mage and stuff. So I I mean, is there gonna be a day you can buy Alchemist? I don't know, but like is a day count? Wouldn't you want this to be supplied for m- months? Like is I, this the bar we're setting for Intel? You can buy us you can I buy think Intel AMD cards. I mean, again, reviews were not necessarily kind to this this card. There's a good chance you'll be able to buy it, right? If if whatever that boat finally pulls well, up to the harbor, but I have one on back order, and if I actually end up getting it, I'm gonna keep it for collector's purposes. Yeah. And again, with your i7 40, yeah. Well, I don't. I do have a DG1 card. I don't have an i7 40 though. But yeah, w- what I would say is, um, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> if it's on sale for one day, I guess I could believe that. But I really just think it's not. Nvidia sells more cards per month than Intel made for two years. Uh, they're not like so. Like I think people really overestimate how little stock this is, even if it gets bad reviews. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, yeah, and I no. don't. I think it's entirely explainable why it's hard to get because they need to save those four million cards to launch the laptop. 
they're not going to make any money to do it yourself. So they'd be better just bundling it with Dell laptops, you know, like that. They'll make more margins there, probably. Is I, it? Probably. But if I don't the drivers know. aren't ready on desktop, why? Who's going to take it in their laptop where it's pretty um, permanent? So no one now until quarter one, probably. So, I guess what I want to know is if you see, if we see Battle Mage and we see Celestial and we see whatever D or E and F, at some point, do you go like, yeah, you know what? If they Battle Mage if launches we're looking next at this year, 2028. If Battle Mage launches next year and it competes with the 4070, then, then it, then it, yeah. I mean, that's, of course, that's, then that's a, better than you know, that's the, but, and it's so hard to answer this question because I'm not like avoiding it. I'm telling you, this is a hard question to answer because of how bizarre this is. Like, I'm telling you, it's hard for me to, because I have to like deal with like five moving targets and like, wade through all these weird statements and like think like well but like how are they going to portray it are they going to argue it like but i can come up with examples where i would definitely be wrong and that's one right yeah so if i mean it'd be i yeah if they can't hit a 4070 in target then like what do they do right i don't i don't know i mean i guess they price it lower but i mean but the fact that they're actually shipping something in desktop Sort of, and of course, we're going to. What say, I said in that video, they're going to launch a Battle Mage product. So I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying it won't be worth getting gamers. It'll, it'll be effectively like a non-factor. Well, oh, okay. So I guess a lot of people were, canceled. I guess a lot of people really misinterpreted that because they should I, watch the video from start to finish. Yeah, I think it's the problem. Is that a lot of people like because I think a lot of people see that as like it not shipping. Is what you're basically saying is like. But isn't that sort of alchemist ship in quarter one? They say it did. Isn't that some semantics though? Because like at the same time, it's all semantics with Intel. Yeah. Well, I mean, with (laughs) but like if it effectively canceled means, do you mean not worth buying, or do you mean them not? Because like canceled, like Mm, even no, I mean like they're not. No, I mean like they're not competing even there. Like so, yeah. If it's in high volume, right on desktop above you know, close to a 4070, even if it sucks, like, right, let's say, I don't think this is what will happen at all, by the way, but let's say it's a, a 400 watt card that competes with the 4070 and you, it's easy to buy. Oh, I'm still wrong if it's 400 watts and easy to buy, right? I wouldn't recommend it, but oh, I'd still definitely be wrong. It's in high volume then. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, you know, like, it's funny. Cause I like the word canceled. Like I don't, I don't even do, agree with our own headline on the 4080. I don't think the 4080 was canceled. Oh, it was unlaunched. You see, even NVIDIA plays this game. So it's, oh, and that's my point is like, guys, this is always going to be an annoying discussion. It just is because yeah. it's not in this company's interest to say things that make them look bad. So they're well, never going to say this, you know, yeah, like I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. It's their job, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't, I, and that's the problem with consumers, especially with enthusiast focused gamers, where they think these companies exist for us. Like, oh my God, you're here to make my life better. It's like, no, you're here to make our life better by giving us your money because you are basically buying our product. That's, that's the only thing that matters is like, as long as you give us the money, that's all that matters. They're not here to make anything better. They're not your friends. They just want your money. I will tell you, that's one thing I can tell you has been constant over the entire time I've done this is they like your money and they like to continue to take your money. So they don't, but they don't care about you because if at the first opportunity that works for them, they will push you overboard because that's how for-profit companies work. That's not, 
they're not loyal to us. They're loyal to the the people that gave them their money to make more money. So that's I I think people need to get past this sometimes because there's very much a oh my god the ownership kind of like oh my god you need to do this the way I'm I want it or like they're not going to do it if like it, you know what if I can make another twenty percent selling to miners <laughs> what do you think my shareholders are going to say if I say no I don't I don't want the the gamers to be unhappy that's that's not how it works. That's just not how it works. Well, that's absolutely true. But I would just, I also see people go the other direction where they kind of just start going, oh, well, so then they're all evil. And then it's sometimes they do pretty screwed up stuff, let's be yeah. clear. But it's usually not malicious. They're trying to make money. It's not good or bad. It's, it's just how it works. So, right. you know, I don't think these companies are trying to, because sometimes I, and it really does annoy me when I see people, especially about even Intel Arc, where they're like, well, I hope they launch this so NVIDIA's graphics cards get cheaper. And it's like, well, their job isn't just to make your NVIDIA fanboy life easier over here, you know, but also their job isn't to be evil. Um, and I, I just think we have to understand that the things these companies are doing, there is numbers behind it. Intel, basically soft launching Alchemist and never really making it easy to buy is because it's a bad product that would be a waste of money to make. And if they only launch like low-end cards for Battle Mage, it's so they can keep doing driver development and because they're not going to make any money trying to compete with the 5070. They know they won't. And it would be a bad business decision for them to keep doing that. It's not about if they can see it through. Hopefully what happens, what I really hope happens is they make one low-end eye every year or wherever it is, every year and a half, get their drivers perfect. And I would recommend after the Celestial low-end one, they have to rebrand because I'm sorry, like the Arc brand doesn't, uh, I would say just keep it going in the low-end and then do a reboot of the entire XC product line. That's what I think they need to do. But until they have drivers that work, until they're sure they can launch even three cards on time that like can compete, they need to launch one Celestial die that is even competitive with the 6050 in like at everything efficiency, you know. And once they do that, then make two dies. Like, because everything else right now, I mean, Pat's telling his employees in internal QAs that they have worse margins than AMD and they won't be able to compete in price if they don't get their overhead down, which is where these layoffs are coming from. It just bothers me because the people are like, I hope they keep making ARC so that they can, what, lay off more people to make products that you're not going to buy? Well, I don't know. You know, I you have so the thing about every, all consumers is they don't care about the companies, like, right? I mean, they no. just want, they want it to benefit them. And I've always said this, like, even about like when Zen first came out, I was like, you know, Zen is, is, is really, really impressive. And a lot of people are like, oh, great, because that's going to force Intel lower prices so I can yeah. buy more Intel parts. It's like, uh, okay, that's, aren't you supposed to like reward the better product? It's like, no, because they, they want the, they want the product that they're familiar with is, you know, more, it's a little more robust. Hey, maybe the USB ports work all the time, right? Those, those kind of things that kind of add up. But I always felt like, because the response was always like, I'm, you know, I want, I basically want to look like I'm interested in somebody else so I can get this other person like me. It's like, that is kind of like, that's kind of wrong on the person that you're trying to pretend that to court, you know? So I, but I just think like people want to like, yeah, they want art to succeed and they don't care if Intel loses money. I mean, that I, that is a pattern I'm 
frankly Guys, not surprised by. Which to the people that don't care, I think they're about to lay off over 10,000 people. Yeah. I mean, this is. These are real people with families, guys. And you're asking Intel to keep making stuff that's going to cause more families to have problems. But that's... This is is like just ridiculous. You you can wait into the comments and people will like, they they don't, they don't care. And they, they, that's just, that's just kind of the the nature of people, I think. But also, I, I think, you know, again... I don't know what is going on at Intel. I do know that, like, I don't think even they do most of the time anymore. Well, how, but you know, when you have a company that big, and this has been a problem, it's a really big company, and there's all different fiefdoms. There's people that, there's people, you know, do you have you have different parts of Intel that want to shift the other parts of Intel because it, it benefits them, right? So, um, I'm I'm hearing you a little clearer now because you're basically saying like. If by effectively canceled, you're saying this is such a loser product. There's no point. Is <laughs> well, no, and they're not even trying to compete where they said they are trying to right now, too. So, like, will they make something they call Battle Mage? Yes, but go look at their roadmap. They said they're going to compete in Enthusiast next year. I'm telling you, they're not. So that is canceled, in my opinion. Yeah, but, I mean, everything they put a sticker on that says Battle Mage canceled, and they're going to try to argue a lot. I don't know. I guess when you say canceled, that means, like, not coming out, period. Yeah, that's no whatever. enthusiast battle mage is coming out. Well, I mean, that's the I'm problem. I'm not saying is like, bad products. I'm saying no enthusiast, which is not up for debate what that means, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, so like, I would interpret cancel to mean it's not coming out, period. You're just, you're, what you're saying is like, NVIDIA will outclass them. AMD will outclass them, but it'll be like, it'll be relegated to competing with lower end parts, right? Yes, but the, with the distinction that they are canceling parts of the lineup, though. They are literally canceling. <laughs> like, this yeah. isn't me dancing around the answer. I'm saying, no, but they are canceling the high end. Like, it is gone. That was a cancellation. It's not an unlaunch, NVIDIA. It's canceled. So, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, it's like that whole, yeah, that unlaunch thing. And, and again, I what does canceled mean? If they reintroduce 4080, 12 gig, and three and a quarter? Which is why I think they said on launch, I think they're leaving that 5% chance they'll do that. I right. think all, the things these companies say, this is my, this is what my job's kind of become is reading between the lines. Like people can go back and uh, listen to a broken silicon where NVIDIA or Intel announced ARC will be on, say, on shelves quarter one. And I said, Dan, it's not launching quarter one. And he's like, they said it is. I've said, no, it's going to be on shelves, but not for sale. And that is what they argued a month later. And I'm like, these types of little marketing speak. You guys got to, this, these little things they say. When Raja Kadori nervously says, we're still sticking to the strategy now, but won't say specifics, he's dancing around the question. Like, that's what's going on, guys. Yeah, I mean. And, and it's hard to give concrete answers because they won't give concrete information. So how do. can I give an answer? Well, that's that's a problem. Is they 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 legally cannot even give us hard answers. Like a lot of times, we'll all do interviews with, you know, fairly high, high end, high, you know, high place executives. They can't. They to me is like it's almost very pointless because the information that you get out of an executive is of very little value because they can't. They are playing. They are playing high stakes poker. <laughs> with with the cards held very close to their chest. Unless it's gonna... an executive who's not speaking publicly. Well, yeah, that's different. But I mean, you know, if if it's but I mean if it's for attribution, then you know, that's it it gets it gets different qu- st- sticky. But I, I'm just saying that these companies generally 
they publicly, which is publicly confirming that, and that was on the record. Remember, that was when Roger answered that question. That was in front of like 40 different, you know, uh, journalists from around the world. He wasn't going to, he basically was like, he wasn't going to answer because he can't answer it. So I, I just, man, they can't. Right. I, he can't like, answer it, guys. They can't. Well, they can't answer it because, but at the same time, the publicly stated thing is like, we are executing, you know, again, you remember there's lawyers lurking at everything. We are sticking with our roadmap. The roadmap says we're doing A, B, and C. So, you know, that, that's, that makes lawyers happy, right? I, you know, Which is, in, I'm sorry, I was talking to a source who was actually messaging me about Intel, so I was like, well, crap, we're talking about it now. What the heck's going on? You want to talk sorry. about that, or is that too secret? No, 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 it's, it's too soon. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've tried to re- talk about things before I, like, you know, ran it past a dozen people and thought about it. And it, it, it Sometimes what you're told can actually be the opposite of what you're told, if you don't take time to think about what you're told, you know, if that makes any sense. No, of course, because... You, <laughs> You don't, that's why, again, like, I don't really get into the whole trying to predict the future thing, because a lot of it is trying, they don't know. The, I mean, that's the, sort of the really sticky mess here is like, they don't know. And do you really know if you're talking to people who don't really know then? And then I like, to me, it's just like, give me the product. I'll tell you if you should buy it or not. Here's where you place it. It's just like, that's uh, just, that's kind of pretty much where I'm at these, because that's the only time it's concrete is when you get it, you know, because a lot of times it's very, very easy to get, a, you know, as they say, you know. You, you get ahead of your skis, right? And I, I don't know, because I don't, I don't even know half these secret code names, because I don't care, because until the damn thing comes out and it's got a whatever brand on it, it's just, eh, you know? What, what's Which the- again, you know, to put a bow on this conversation, it's just like, in the original art cancellation leak, what I said is there will be a low-volume, hard-to-buy Alchemist launch, then it will be I don't know if I actually said that in that video, but I said it in successive ones. Then it's going to be pretty much impossible to buy next year. That's going to be like a whole year where you can't get Alchemist. Battle Mages 2024, they have canceled the majority of the dies. It's just a low end. It depends when it comes out, right? Because if it came out early next year, like 2023, maybe it's mid-range. But based on the specs I'm hearing, it's going to be a low end card for 2024. And then right now they've canceled half of the Celestial configurations. And every month it seems like they cancel another die. So that's what's going on now. Is that count as canceled? I think it, it, I think it means discrete enthusiasts certainly is. And all of their roadmaps say they're competing in the high end next year. And I'm telling you, they're not going to. That's canceled in my book. Are they going to say we've canceled ARC? Hell no. They're not going to say that. That'd be financial. At least I don't think they will. Blow my mind if they decide to actually do that. Well, I mean, and that's the best answer I can give because that's the situation now. In my mind, that means that roadmap they keep pointing to on Twitter is wrong and they're saying it's not. And it's just so dishonest to gamers. Uh, But outside of that, all I can say is, yeah, we'll see if they change their mind. But right now, it's suicide to launch any graphics cards into this market. So I don't think they're going to for at least a year. Yeah, it's it's but at the same time, I don't know. They, and that's it, my best answer. When I I w- what I would say is no enthusiast gamers should be expecting to buy an Intel graphics card over the next two years. I honestly think anybody who any like it's just so silly. Like that whole original whatever hashtag wait for whatever thing. Just like don't wait for anything. <laughs> I mean, you just kind of like you you got parts you can buy right now. You see they're going to launch a new card. You're like, hey, right now you know 13 Gen is launching really soon. Should you wait for it? Yeah, you know, why not, right? I would say, sure, I'd probably wait for it, but I'm like, 
to do a I whole hashtag a week, but. to do a whole hashtag wait for something like like honestly like i wouldn't wait for anything at this point from definitely on our because why would you i mean like you already got stuff you can buy right now it's it's, it's clearly not going to change the world right so but at the same time <laughs> Do I want to go out and buy a 4090 or do I want to see what AMD has in November? Mm, you know what? It's so close. Why not? I, I think that that is really good advice. You, you probably want to wait. But at the same time, like we were saying, I was like, you know what? These 4090s are going to be gone and you don't know where they're going to come back. Maybe you should just buy it. I don't think they're going to change it, but you know. I don't know if that's just sort of like make things worse, kind of like, but I just think people shouldn't like get into these whole like hashtag wait for, that's part of the, that's part of the hype campaign that all companies want you to do is like, wait for our stuff. That's part of the FUD. They don't want you to like buy their product. You wait for their product, but it's just like, you know, well, what happens if now. it's, if it's not really in stock, you know, like, cause what I hear is that Raptor Lake volume might not be very good for the first month. So if you waited for it and you couldn't buy it, and I, I kind of wonder if that's what AMD's banking on. Is they're like, oh, they're going to go try to buy Raptor Lake and we got pallets of Zen 4 in stock and boom, Zen 4 sale, you know, which is kind of what NVIDIA's done to AMD multiple times with graphics card launches as well as they have no stock AMD card launches. Oh, all of a sudden you can buy a 3060 or something, you know? So yeah, I, what I would say is anyone waiting for RDNA 3, you're probably going to wait anyways. Like if you're a professional who's doing rendering, 4090 met all, again, reasonable, I think, expectations. Get it now if you can. And they're in pretty high availability. Like, they're in stock at multiple micro centers. Go get Are one. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, and uh, actually, from what I've heard is, um, I can't we, say we what caused it. Buy one. Uh, I've got, I, I should have one on the way here, but uh, again, should. We'll see. Uh, but uh, what I've heard is that the half of the stock hasn't even gotten here, so... Like that they've had pretty crazy. Well, there are reasons the shipping's taken a while. But anyways, um, how do you feel about pre-orders? Because like, like there's this hard rule by a lot of people out there. It's like I never pre-order. I'm like, you know what? Honestly, sometimes it's actually fine to pre-order. Like if you um, know it's going to be impacted in your odds. In and general, you, and you can't I, wait. Yeah, in general, I wouldn't recommend it. Right, um, but it just depends on the product because it's like if you. If you're someone who wants an i9-13900K, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can buy the 7950X now. What if it's hard to get? What did you wait for then? But if you're someone waiting for the i5, that's a different situation, though. Like, you probably or you probably can wait. Money probably means more to you. I still wouldn't pre-order it, but I would try to get it if you can. And if you can't, just get the best thing that's on the market. And I I, th I would say the same thing about everything coming out right now is um, w the shortages are pretty much over, and assuming no World War Three completely breaks out, um, yeah, okay. and uh, which is somewhat of a decent if. But like everything's gonna, I think, keep getting cheaper every month over the next six months. But the thing is, if you buy now, it was a lot cheaper than three months ago, so it's not like you should feel that bad. Yeah, no, really, you kind of wonder where the bottom is, but it feels like the bottom could be <laughs> it does feel like the bottom is like oh we got a ways to go to the bottom like you know that there was that controversy over you should buy 3090 now or 3090 ti and it's like oh okay no there's there's definitely i like to me like it feels like the 30 series is like it's going to be hard to justify buying paying a lot of money 
for a, a high-end 30 series at this point to me. It's just like, I wouldn't want to do it. Well, and you know, something I've been talking to people about that I think is pretty interesting is just this idea of like when people shoot their shot, they've shot it. Like Lovelace could be three times better than Ampere. And Ampere was a, you know, RDNA 2 and Ampere were pretty big performance increases respectively. But Lovelace and R- Lovelace is a bigger one than Ampere is. And I think RDNA 3 is at least going to be comparable to RDNA 2, depending, you know, if you're talking about raster or ray tracing. So, but does that matter to someone who already bought and built their PC? I don't think so. I think people built during a quarantine when they had time to game inside. They built it. Now we're in a recession. Could be four times better. Uh, people aren't buying it, you know. So I think that's a big thing that we're that we're just kind of seeing. And these companies need to accept that if they double sales one year, you're gonna have slower sales the next year, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. It, it kind of came up like you know because like clearly the the 3080s are like the do you, do you want to just like cut the prices on these damn things and just get them out of here, get them out of the way, the old stock? But at the same time, somebody's going to buy a 3080 is not going to line up again to buy another graphics card for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. So isn't it better just to like put them in the, as is people weren't like, should they put them in that landfill with the ET cartridges? Like, is that, <laughs> is that feasible? <laughs> I, I don't know, but like, would they rather sell you a, you know, next generation die or do you want to have the old part basically occupy? you know, that, that person for the next three years or take them out of, out of pocket for many, many years. So, well, the, the, the weird thing is I had people telling me that months ago, like three months ago, like the overstock situation was so bad, but NVIDIA was doing something to handle it with AIBs. What I, what I thought they were doing was buying up like GA102 dies and I thought, well, maybe they were planning to use Lovelace for the next gen of GeForce now. Well, now you've got an overstock of Ampere. Let's just use a bunch of 3080-12 gigabytes. You know, probably better to do that. And then you can get rid of them. Or turn them into a bunch of A5000s. And then sell them for half off. Like, you sell A5000s for $1,200. You're still making money on it, you know, compared to trying to sell a 3080 for 500 which... EVGA said this themselves, they lose money there. So I don't, I don't think they can afford to do that. What it seems like NVIDIA did, which is just like some, you know, some super villain level thinking, is it seems like they bought up the overstock and then undercut EVGA, <laughs> which made EVGA leave the market. When you see those like $1,100 3090Ti's on Best Buy, it's just, it seems like they bought up EVGA's overstock and then undercut them with it, which is just nuts. I mean, I'd be mad if I was EVGA too. So should they have just put them in a landfill or a metaphorical landfill, like sold a bunch of A5000s for half off? That's what I thought they were going to do, but it seems like they're insistent on trying to sell them. And uh, I don't know when they give up on that, but I think, I don't know. I think it's just all a matter of but then you also got to remember, from what I'm hearing, they bought it more capacity from TSMC with Lovelace than they did with Ampere, and TSMC is going to make them pay it. So or I think yeah. they may even paid in upfront. Well, because they had to, you know, they had to book, they had to book it ahead of time because <clears throat> they that was just the way it was, right? They were, I think they said that during that Q and A, it was like it went from, you know, a few months to you need to pay for, you need to book out for two years. During the pandemic, when everybody needed every single piece of silicon ever, and now, you know, the bottom's dropped out, so 
So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what NVIDIA does overall because I hear a lot of people say things like they think NVIDIA is like, like their last earnings was bad, not Intel bad, but worse than AMD's, um, relatively speaking. And I don't know. I just, I worry that they're going to have one surprise bombshell one eventually, because if it's true, they have a year's worth of stock. And then also they're going to have, I think the 4090 will sell fine. In fact, if I was NVIDIA, I'd be switching capacity over to the 4090 if they can. Because, I, I mean, even you just have to, because that's the only one people are going to want in this lineup until Ampere sells out. Um, but I, I do wonder, I don't know, I do wonder if they just need to do a write-off and landfill these cards. or <laughs> I, I, It sounds like it, right? I don't know. It's just funny because people like think like, you know, you, you go to the exact same landfill as the, <clears throat> the famed DT cartridges, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's realistic, but... It's just the thought of, of a dump truck just kind of like pour, pouring all these graphics cards into it. Just one year after we couldn't get one, you know. Yeah, no, players. right? I mean, it's it's just insanity to go from a drought to basically, you know, monsoon where you can't you can't stop. And I, you know, I, and I think, you know, it's when NVIDIA is always the villain, it's easy to be the villain because, you know, you're always winning. But at the same time, what they had to eat that like $1.3 billion. <laughs> you got to pay that $1.3 billion somewhere. So in businesses, business is not friendly. If they have to cut like even their own partner's throats to get there, then I, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's the way business is sometimes. It's terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, well, let me, let me throw in one final reader mail here. Cause I'm starting to get a little tired and i don't want to get to a point where i'm just like you know rambling and speaking in tongues because i don't even know what i'm saying i speak in rambles so that's what i'm here for so so far i think we're holding it together but i'm worried we're on borrowed time um mini cooper writes in and he says hi tom and gordon do you think gpu demand being artificially inflated since around 2012 when people first started mining bitcoin and then moved to ethereum now, Ethereum has moved to proof of stake. There's literally no use for GPUs in mining anymore. It makes me think that maybe we'll see a massive decline in demand from GPUs moving forward. Do you think prices of GPUs will slowly come down moving forward because of this? Or can you see some other innovation or thing using GPUs and propping up demand? AI maybe? All the best. Um, well, I just got to correct a few things here. Bitcoin's basically stopped being mined by GPUs in 2012. That's when people moved to Litecoin. I know, because I was one of them. And then they moved to Ethereum, and then Ethereum just moved to proof of stake, and there are still coins they can mine with it, but it's far less profitable than it used to be. Um, and and um, and then I, I just want to give my answer here, too, uh, after correcting that. A lot of professional people in AI and data research look at gamers the same way gamers look at miners. They go... You're using an a 100 teraflop GPU to play Call of Duty, like so. That's the only thing I want to point out to people is there's a lot of use for graphics cards outside of gaming, and I think the problem we have now is they just made too many, and one of the uses fell apart. Mining, there's still going to be a lot of uses in the future, but I, I don't know how you would answer that question. Well, I mean, it, it gets to the point of like, I'm wondering if the bottom dropping out on PC and gaming, I mean, uh, by connection, gaming will spur the mainstream media to say the PC is dead again. We know they always kind of break that one out yeah. every few years. And everyone's going to game on iPads instead of yeah. consoles or desktops, right? Which is funny because that goes back to about 2010, 2012, when it was the end of the PC because everybody's mm-hmm. going to use the iPad. 
I don't think that's going to happen. It's clear the PC is not going anywhere, and there will there will be more people playing games now that uh, haven't been able to. Fortunately, if they again the world economy does not tip over and 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 explode into flames. Uh, I know. I and yeah, prices are going to come down, which is the best thing ever about. And as much as <laughs> you can't buy an A seven seventy, the fact that they that NVIDIA and AMD want to make sure that they can put a stake into Intel's heart, they are going to lower prices and they're going to be, competition's always better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, prices will get better and there will always be PC gaming. It's not going away ever. So I think. But there's that, always going to be things that. that pop up, I think, that make GPUs hard to get every now and then. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, kind of, I think the mining thing, maybe this might be finally it. You know, but a lot of people who I, are I don't know more, so, but yeah, I mean, that's all, its own again, discussion. Th- I mean, that's the whole thing is like a lot of people say, no, it's going to come back again. Okay. I don't know. You know, sometimes well, I kind of think, but when, for what reason, you know, let's right. not count our chickens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's not, let's not. If let's, I knew when it was, I would become a billionaire because I buy them all up at the perfect time, but I don't. God, you know, sometimes I almost wonder if like, you know, if you're one of those miners that had a massive farm and you got all these damn cards, you, you, you already spent too much money for, you're, you're not going to, you met, you've already made your fortune, but you're not going to be able to sell these cards at the profit you thought you could, or at least to lower the, the loss on them. Why don't you just put them in the closet and like hope that when it comes around again, you know, you can profit off of them because what, you know, you're not going to sell this 3080 now for like $900 that you were hoping for. Uh, you know, a lot of these people you talk to, it's because they were over leveraged and they like took out loans to like buy a warehouse and stuff. Not all of them. So a lot of them are that smart. A, and a yeah. lot of them sold four months ago. Not now, you know, but not all of them. And I, I, I don't know. Like if you time things, the people who time things better make more money. So yeah, you want to, you, if you're the first one out the fire exit, it's, it's not a panic. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, like you look at like, inv- like, was it like I think someone presented an algorithm. My brother was telling me this uh, to investors, and they said, "Wow, this stock trading algorithm is so incredible." How did you program Goldfish? And he said, "It's it's just based on how my Goldfish moves," <laughs> and it beat one of their analysts. You know, so this is hard. You know, and that's why they time these things badly sometimes. Yeah, I do wonder about the over leveraged people. I mean. Then you just sell it at, then you're selling used 30 series cards at cut rate prices because it's better than, you know, eating the total cost. But well, and if they've already made the money they need to make, they might not care if they sell it half off. Right. That was just uh, a gamble mean, they were willing to make. That's why I'm, I have this controversial position that you shouldn't buy used mining cards if the price is like very high. Like, I, yeah, if you're selling it's high. Well, like I'm well, looking what it is now, though, because I saw 3060s being sold in bulk for like 250, and it's like, not, oh, there you go. That's not bad. Like, if there was a point where, like, clearly some of the people are like, ah, I try to sell you mining 3060s for 500 dollars. It's like, no, go pound sand, you know? I oh just, yeah, and there were there were people making arguments that you should get used cards like for like 10 percent less than a new card. I'm like, no, yeah, right. We, what happened? I re- I remember when used cards used to be like 30 percent less or more, like they should be. Um, and they, a lot of these come with 30 day warranties too. So as long as you have that, you know, if it doesn't break in 30 days, it's pretty unlikely it'll break after that, unless it's the fan breaking, of course, which any used cards, you should be ready for that. But, um, let's do one more. Chris Rich writes in and he says, are GPUs getting too big, too power hungry and too expensive for their own good? 
or are you happy with how GPUs are developing? If you think that the market is due for a reality check, what do you think needs to change most? And actually, this question reminded me what I was going to say, which is to say, look, right now, I think NVIDIA is used to making like 50% margins on these, th- like like a third of the cost is profit for them or something like that. You know, I think they're used to that now. If they go through bad financial times and things force these cards to lower prices, then that's when they'll do it. But after they're forced to do it and Lovelace costs more to make than Ampere. They're not lying to you about that technically but my understanding is the 40 what is now going to be the 4070 what was called the 4080 12 gigabyte that that costs like probably a hundred dollars less to make than the 3080 so there's really no reason that shouldn't have been 700 at most or 600 so i guess what i would say is don't kid yourselves the stuff is more expensive to make than it was five years ago like a lot more but it's not four times more like they don't need to charge that much guys and if we if it corrects it won't be yeah, and I would argue that are they too big and powerful? And they no, because people keep buying it. And <laughs> I don't think anything is changing. I have not seen it change. 40, 80, 12 gig would have sold out or sun just fine, honestly. No matter what, all the hate, all the anger, people still would have bought it overall. It would have probably been a successful product. So I, I think it's the day people say no is when it won't be but i'm not seeing that behavior it's it's funny because i i think back to the Pentium four and we all basically said the Pentium four was a failure right everybody's like because one it couldn't it couldn't put amd down in every single thing and overall yeah sure people would have counted Pentium four as a loser product but you know what (laughs) they sold i don't know how many tens of millions of hundreds of millions of Pentium 4s anyway it didn't matter i just i think sometimes i just kind of like that one thing like people doesn't it doesn't when you think of the entire scale the entire market it doesn't seem to make that much of a difference so you keep if you we're pushing 600 watt gpus and they you got to buy a new case for it mm-hmm. people will buy new cases and buy new power supplies for it because that's what that's what people do. The day you stop doing it, which I'm not seeing happen, then that'll change. But that behavior's not changing. Did you see uh, the reporting I did on what one of the Titans in the lab looked like? No, no. It what was, was it? Uh, it had two 16 pins, which means it could pull over a thousand watts and it had melted itself. <laughs> so I think that's the limit. Like when you trip power breakers, which is probably around 600 watts, by the way, I do wonder, and, the, and, and, I, and I do think that NVIDIA has woken up a little bit and they're like, eh, we should probably stop at 500. That's what I think they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely at the limit of the wall for most American homes. I mean, it's great mm-hmm. for Europe. You know, I've seen like these Except new Except that Europe's energy prices are now. Yeah. <laughs> you get 240 watt, uh, two, 220 at the wall, but uh, yeah, it's going to cost a lot more. So that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think uh, when it comes to, a, you know, this idea of like AMD, we've seen this before. NVIDIA keeps 70 to 80% of the market. I would just say, I feel like AMD just always screwed something up. Like, they took over 50% against Fermi, but that was basically the last time that happened. Um, And the 7000 series did okay, but they lacked a few features, and frankly, AMD just didn't market their cards at all, so NVIDIA just outmarketed them vastly. Um, And then we saw the 290X that beat the Titan. But for some reason, they thought they had to be 550 instead of 600. Like, if they would have just put $50 more into the cooler on that card, 
it would have sold so much better, but they didn't. And then we saw RDNA 2 versus Ampere. Some would argue it's a better product than Ampere. Um, and it was more efficient, but they didn't buy up enough capacity to take market share. So they didn't take market share again. And here we are now. We're oversupplied. NVIDIA's over-leveraged. AMD has an opening to take market share if they have the capacity. So all I would say is, this is the time where if AMD's learned the right, it's almost like you could make this like a, a TV show and every episode it's a flashback and it's like the lesson they should have learned in the previous generation in the final, the season finale. They learned every lesson and it shows and how they fight them. Like if they've learned the right lesson from every previous generation, I think they can take market share this gen. NVIDIA is a master of marketing, a master of the supply chain and their software. They just, no one, I didn't know about DLSS 3, just pulled that out of their ass. Oh, there's another thing they can use right. to fight AMD. But it's got to be perfect because NVIDIA really is good at this. So, they, you know, I've never seen such an opening, but AMD would have to be perfect. But then, I mean, I think that's the other thing people really need to consider is like the people making these choices at these companies, they are trying to predict the future. And who would have thought the GPU situation we're in right now? And then looking, I think and, they could have. They, Ethereum had literally a calendar that said when they were going proof of well, stake. So. I mean, besides just the mining thing, but also like we are looking at, you know, a global recession that might make sure. previous global recessions look like, oh, those were walks in the park. I, you wonder if like, uh, like if you're at AMD, do you go like, yeah, let's, let's double our orders. Like, do you, if you're looking into the forecast for yeah. next year, do you want to double your orders looking at next year? I which, think AMD did, though. That's the thing. So they're going to have, they might have to go for market share, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and NVIDIA thought they wouldn't have to worry about it. Like, God, if Lovelace launched in 2021, it would have been the perfect high end thing for a market that's expensive. But now they're in the wrong market. So it's just like, you can argue it's luck, and it kind of is, but yeah. I think AMD lucked out in actually having an option here in NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA's they want to go for market share. But I mean, I, I, sometimes you, you will wonder, you do wonder, like, because if it turns into a bloodbath with pricing, then they go like, man, if I could go back in our flashback and go back and tell myself 12 months ago to, like, not double that order, I wish I could have done it. You know, maybe that's what, we don't know what 2023 is going to look like. It could be a heavy bloodbath for everybody because sales are down for everybody and everything, right? Even Apple is like slashing, you know, order. Mm -hmm. So it's just... I know. Yeah, I know. So what do you think that means for everyone else? But the one advantage AMD has is they can use 6 nanometer and 5 nanometer capacity to make Zen 4 or Genoa or RDNA 3. So that means if RDNA 3 does not sell well, they can just go for maximum server up market share, which least for now, from what I'm hearing, the server market sounds like it's still booming, you know, for its own reasons why that would not be affected as much as actually what I hear is do it yourself is doing the worst. OEMs okay and servers doing great still. So that is the one advantage AMD also has over these companies is they can literally pivot to anything that makes more sense. Uh, but I would argue they're going to try to do the graphics first. And if it doesn't sell, they just make more Genoa chips. Are they, um, is it confirmed that it's tiled? part for 7000 I mean you ask me it is uh I think I think they may have literally said something too I th okay. I, I forgot what it was did they confirm the stuff uh that leaker Angstronomics said and then the stuff I also said uh, like backing that up 
No, but they did. I think they said in a release, RDNA 3 is launching with chiplet architecture. So I think they literally said that. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. I, I don't remember what the what was it confirmed or not confirmed or just chit chat. So I no, I know it's it's good to bring that up though because we've been talking about it for so long. Every now and then you need that gut check, like, oh, did they actually even say that yet? And then <laughs> We're it feels like they have. <laughs> but I mean, it feels like yeah, that's having you know you know chiplet is an advantage too, right? They can sort of screw with Nvidia the way they've screwed with Intel. So you know, mm-hmm. if if it works out, we don't know if it will or not, but. Yeah, and that and that's kind of what I see moving forward here is if Intel trims the right fat. Again, this is not financial advice, but you know, legally. But if Intel trims the right fat, they can repurpose some of their stuff. They control their own fabs, and they can make it out okay. AMD can just repurpose graphics. They can literally use the same chips for Dragon Range, Raphael, and Genoa. They're the same chiplets. Like that's crazy. They can just pivot all that right. depending on what's selling well. NVIDIA just bought up double the capacity and <laughs> paid in cash in fr- up front. So I think they would be the ones who would suffer the most from this, though. That's what I would say. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, they're also, you know, they, they know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a storm. But after the storm, the sun comes out and, you know, it feels like they want to prepare for, you know, the, the jump up when we come out of the, the storm. So it might work out for them. I mean, they do have, they have a pretty good, They've saved a lot of money, it feels like, over the last few years. They're not going out of business, no. <laughs> no. no one can suggest that. <laughs> God, you know, the funny thing is, I remember going down to NVIDIA briefings, and it was just like these little shacks down in the valley. And it was just like, you know, like this, it was just like a wood-paneled outdoor. It was just like, just this, just tiny. And then what NVIDIA has turned into now, it's just like, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that would make me question them really being in trouble here is if they don't have chiplets ready by Blackwell, which it kind of sounds like they might not. And John Petty suggested that to me on this podcast as well, that from what he's hearing, doesn't seem like it. You know, if you ask NVIDIA, their answer is, we'll do chiplets when it, when it makes sense to Jensen. And I'm like, well, that's a good answer. But, you know, yeah. I think if they can get that working to compete with RDNA 4, then I have no doubt that they'll keep doing whatever forever. But that is the one thing I wonder. Because it is similar to Zen 1, where AMD made Zen 1 and Intel shrugged. AMD made Zen 2 and Intel made an 8-core that used more energy. And then AMD made Zen 3 perform as fast and still have chiplets, and Intel is out of options. So the one thing I would say is NVIDIA does need to get that chiplet stuff working, I think. Because I don't... I think we're about to see what happens when you have a cheaper chiplet architecture compete with a more expensive, cutting-edge graphics one. Because we've only seen that in CPU. Yeah, no, it'll be fun, right? It'll be fun. But, you know... You know, has NVIDIA guessed wrong so far? So, but yeah, no, I, I really look forward to that because that really, you know, again, competition is great for everybody. So AMD and NVIDIA competing should give everybody more performance for less money in theory. Although there may be some... In theory. In theory, the problem is like maybe, you know what, the amount of money I'm paying for eggs at the store now may mean it's not going to get as cheap as we have seen in the past. Absolutely. And I, I just think that we need to accept that things are just probably not going to do that well this fall because of that. And there's not a whole lot a lot of these companies can do. So if I was AMD, I'd go for market share. And if it doesn't work out right away, I'd be pivoting everything away from it as fast as possible because this yeah. is just not a market that I think wants super expensive products for consumers right now. No, no. I mean, I'm thinking back to 2008 during that downturn. And it was ugly. It was <laughs> yeah, real. Sony I mean, was like, 
the market's booming. Everyone wants a $600 console. <laughs> and then I guess it did technically launch at the peak of the booming market, but could have been a lot worse if it was 2008 when they launched it. But yeah. Yeah, no, I'm because in 2008 they bought, well, HP had bought Voodoo, which was that I talked about them earlier, one of those early, uh, you know, boutique companies. And they had launched this massively beautiful case, you know, and it was super expensive. And the entire thing was like high end, you know, enthusiast gaming PC under HP branding, HP with Voodoo. <laughs> and they launched that in the midst of the meltdown where we weren't yeah. sure we would have a functioning financial system. And I remember talking to somebody at a memory maker is like, cause they were the, they were supplying the um, memory for it. And they're like, you know, we're shipping like dozens of these. <laughs> like if that's like, nobody's buying these. It was a total, it was, I mean, yeah, you got to realize like 2008 was bad and 2023 could be bad too. So it makes you wonder if high end is really where you want to be or, or any end. Actually high end, usually does pretty well if you have you know low low volume because rich people will have money right it's the poor mid-range people that are going to be suffering yeah it's almost like this is a market where it would be financial suicide to launch enthusiast graphics <laughs> if you can't compete on all cylinders but i don't remember what that relates to that we yeah i don't about. know either yeah. I, I don't <laughs> you know and yeah you don't you know I don't know. It's just like, ooh, it's going to be, we'll, we'll see, right? We're we'll going to see. see this. But yeah, no, I'm definitely a reason like, yeah, let's cancel those other orders. So. All right. Well, I am getting a bit tired. You've given me far more of your time than you ever should have. I don't think I'm worthy of any more than this. No, you, no, this but... is a, this is fun. I love talking to everybody because it's just, it makes me smarter. Like I talk to people like, no, cause you, you're out there, you're beating the bushes again. I know you don't, you don't think of yourself as a reporter, but you're out there, you're beating the bushes and you know, a lot of people are listening to what you say. So, Hey, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. I was just talking into a phone three years ago, and then I uh, thought maybe I should get a nicer mic, and here we are. But <laughs> it's all the microphone. It's all the microphone. But um, let me, uh, you know, you're here. A uh, plug. Tell people where they can find you. Plug as oh, yeah. many things as you want. I will say, yeah. So you can go over to read our stories, PCWorld.com. There's also a PC World uh, YouTube channel. I have no idea what it is. Uh, go to the bar on top. Type PC World. Well, it'll be in the description of this video too. Be in the description. So go check that out. We do a we do a weekly podcast where we do live things. Just fun, fun audience and. Um, you know, look for reviews. It's going to be, it's, even though it's going to be stuff coming up, interesting stuff. So we'll see. There are more products launching per year this year and over the next two years than I think there were in like the previous three combined. So, oh, I'm sure. I'm it's, sure. it's a good time to be talking about this stuff. Um, and but, also, uh, I would say the one thing I want to say is please thank your hardware reviewer. I've been saying this. Um, your hardware reviewer is busting his or her ass to test hardware. You don't have to immediately get in their face and demand that they do something this way because they need to do it that way. So, you don't have to agree with them. There's a reason we have a market with dozens of hardware reviewers. This is their perspective. You don't need to. Yes, agree. Yes. I say the same thing about me. Like you don't need to agree with me. Okay. But I'm, I'm not lying to just, just use the information how you want. Hardware and box gamers Nexus, they're not trying to be, they're not bought off. They're, they're, their conclusion is their honest conclusion. Right. It's everybody has a different perspective. And again, I will say this on all hardware reviews and all 
of, you know, news websites like this. Look at everything, apply logic, come away with your own opinion based on your deductive reasoning, but don't just simply buy into one thing and then go into YouTube comments and start screaming about it. So view and listen to it all, everybody. (laughs) Don't have your own opinion and then watch the video looking for ways to prove your own opinion (laughs) and then argue with Steve at Hard Box. Sometimes it's better to do it like look for things that don't agree with you, right? Because it's like, oh, maybe I'm wrong, you know? So just be open-minded. I think the thing is like everybody just needs to be open-minded now with the hardware community. Don't don't go into the corner. If if Intel comes out and they're faster, hey, great. If AMD is still faster, hey, great. But don't start screaming at each other immediately because just whatever. It's not worth it. Yeah. These, these companies right. just want your money, folks. So. I will let you go now. Sorry. I've been no, going no, on too long. No, you're good. Uh, but yep, thank you to everybody for listening or watching. Remember to subscribe to the Morris Laws at YouTube channel. Ring the bell button so that you actually get sent the updates that come from this channel. And, uh, you know, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get this early and ad-free. You'll get exclusive podcasts like Die Shrink. You'll be able to ask us questions. And uh, just, I don't know. Thanks for watching. Be nice to people. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law is Dead podcast videos, articles, and other media. However, I don't do this alone. Moore's Law is Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and special assistance by Carbon Cry. Find all of our information, including the information of sponsors you can support, at www.moreslawsdead.com. If you would like to send fan mail or hardware to us, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead at P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. And speaking of fans, patrons are what makes Moore's Laws Dead content possible. The aging business model of spamming ads all over the content is dying. The future of media will be built on fans paying for the content they actually want to exist. And so if you have the extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord full of like-minded people who would love to meet you and talk to you about computer hardware. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the entire back catalog of Flyover State's podcasts and other projects, Moore's Laws that is done, and thanks in the credits of videos and other perks as well. And hey, if you can't afford to support us, please do share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media, Reddit, and forums. And give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. All of this really does help so much. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, hire Tom for consulting, or are a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its patrons supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels.
Brad Medlin, A.V., Anthony Greffa, Greg Pataki, Muhammad Akawari, Brett Jones, Aaron Close, Little Germany, Jan Rauner, Daniel Hyde, Shredbird, Brian Riggleman, Dr. Foreman, Sam Miller, Deke, Thomas Rupp, The Mechanical Philosopher, Terrence Harrods, SNES Chalmers, Tom Bailey, Greg T. Wanchuk, Andrew S., Frank Selinski, Daniel D., MJB1, Eric Jackson, Justice Brennan, Sammy Good, Valcom Alev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spantum G. Spantum, Jonathan, Lord Starstream, General Drips, Blake, Franco Frederick, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Mose, Aziris, Gregory S. Hacker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude 23, Jake Martin, Cam Cameron, Christian Lavoy, ArtForum.com, Original Ross Slicky, Lance Bassler, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Christopher A. Butler, GZ Ziggy, Sarcastro, Stephen Hart, Devin, David Sebastian, Meat and Pork, Stu, Tim Robb, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jeskowiak, Travis Gooding, Holden Mobley, Nanyan, Chris Trich, Deepest Learners, Mad, Zutsu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Lydon, Sammy Malas, Greg Audrey, Patrick Groh, Amy Will Chief, Brett Summers, Milton, Stephen Dick, Tommy, Kunden, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, McDaffie, Delmaine Peterson, James Anderson, Marshall Pierce, Mark Raidmaker, Dave Round, Dave Schultz, 3DS Boy 08, Hal Buma, Norithiel, Matthew Landavazo, Stefan Koladic, Henry Zhang, Judson N, Brendan O'Connell, The Grid, Michelle Pell, D31337 Antics, Joseph Kelly, Noen Nicoella, Hexapuma, Chrysantine, Jerome Ferriera, Mayor, Desis, Thomas Steve, Miss Precision, DNA Tech, Nicholas Alexander, John O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Reginit Ari, Slushbot, Teak Autumn, Jackson Miller, JSMMH, Nethra Zink, David Eastland, Cal, Andre Jacques, Gaiman Since Reagan, Jeff Sedler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole 35, Winstar, Joker, James I. Raider, Corey Leonard, Nail Lima, John Shin, Justin Bustle, Kelvin, Austin Haggerty, Roger Davies, Shea, Julian Leaked, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, John Iverson, Samuel Park, Radiant Technologies Group, The Eternal Dreamers, Jainson, Angima, Mark Central, Derek Lambin, Michael. Fours and Pours, John, Robert Davidson, Space Channel 5, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music. <laughs>